I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome back to another episode of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm joined again by my dear friend, Jen Neese. And today we're talking about the Lifetime movie, Pool Boy Nightmare. It's a 2020 joint. Jen uh, watched a bunch of movies with her sister before she selected this one. I, I loved this movie. Did you? Okay, so I liked it better the second time because I had tried to make it through like psycho yoga instructor and I'm like, pool boy nightmare is not that big of a nightmare, you know? Well, yeah, it's um, it's not like I don't love it. Like, oh, my God, this is like a great lifetime movie. It's not even on the list of like, oh, this is like genuinely so campy. It's ridiculous. Right. It's, um, it's just like very watchable. This feels like a good vacation watch. It's right. like so dumb that like if you and a friend were stuck like watching this several times over a weekend because like Lifetime was the only station the hotel had besides news, like you would start to love it, I think. Yeah, I would change hotels if I couldn't watch Law and Order. That's like the only <laughs> time I watch Law and Order anymore is in the hotels. Um, but yeah, this so we were talking quite a bit about this the other day. Um, 
the director of this movie, Rolf Kaneski, really took you off guard because he has sort of a history of doing horror movies and then like, like kind of yeah. like bimbo movies. Like he did Blonde and Blonder with Denise Richards and Pam Anderson. He did these um, Emmanuel through time movies. Right. The Emmanuel movies. I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. Every time I like look at a lifetime director, it's usually they have like a bunch of lifetime, but this guy's coming from straight, like, you know, Skinamax universe. So, yeah. Yeah. Is this soft? Is this softcore porn? Yeah. Like the Emmanuel, like the original Emmanuel is like this French porn um, thing that was like big in the 70s. It was like kind of like one of those ones that was like acceptable porn like you remember how like deep throat for some reason it was like mainstream i don't yeah. even remember like we were alive then but like you know you know that like phenomenon i like think debbie Emmanuel- does dallas yeah 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 this was like the kind of porn that was like yeah it's like showtime stuff it's like what the guys in high school would watch at sleepovers or middle school. Yeah, but I think it's like true porn. But then like it, it's like they kept it going. I feel like I don't know. But the fact that there were recent Emmanuel's, it just seems like there's probably like just they just keep making them and they probably don't get any better. Um, it's also starring Jessica Morris, who I don't have any sort of relationship with, but her resume is very long um, and varied. I would say Gail. Yeah. Gail. Yeah. Gail's got skills. And then her daughter that like, honestly looks like her stepsister. um, They don't look, they're not like appropriately age gapped. I feel in this, like the actress who plays the 18 year old daughter was born in 1999. I mean, she's about the right age, but um, yeah, she's like, she's somewhat newer. She did, um, a few series, uh, mostly like it seems like shorts and maybe this was like her first big TV movie. I don't know. Um, Tanner Zagrino, who plays um, a- Adam. Now, this guy, honestly, is hot to me. I find yeah. him super hot. I usually do not find the hot guys hot, as you know, in these movies. It's just they don't do it for me. This guy, well, he looks like a real person. Yes. Yeah, um, he looks like Noah Centineo a little bit. I don't know who that is. He's like the guy Netflix always goes to when they make rom-coms. Like it's almost like like he witnessed an, a Netflix casting person murder someone. Like he's oh. always <laughs> he like works exclusively with Netflix and he's like the handsome crushy boy. But yeah, no pool boy nightmare seems to be like kind of his first big break. Right. Because when he first came on the screen, the first watch, I was like, wait, this seems wrong. This seems like off for. But then I was like, oh, he's pretty good. And he's got like he's like he's like he's got bro C vibes. So it majorly fits with like pool boy thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Majorly OC. He's very like he's very pretty. He's very pretty. So, okay. Let's get into it. I want to talk about like as we, you know, as we go through, I definitely want to touch on like the dynamics of a pool boy, like historically, (laughs) like what that means. Like I've really thought a lot about this and I even put it out on Twitter. Like, what do you think 
the stereotype of a sexy pool boy is because this is a little like the way this man is objectified throughout this movie is not hot. Like it's actually really sad. And this is the part where it's like, okay, I'm not surprised the guy who wrote and directed this, um, is from like a porn background because it feels like this is like maybe an impression of what someone think horny older women would like to watch. I know. And then the, the parts they choose to highlight when they're, when like the mother or the daughter are checking out his body, the parts they like, they're like featuring the back of his heel and calf at one point. It's just weird. It's like, it is, they don't know how to like scan the body to be like, it's like, Oh, here's what shorts he's wearing. Okay. He also has like a quarter of a Pete Davidson moment on his body where like he has like a kind of chaotic millennial sleeve and like some oh, yeah. a tattoo on his chest. And like, I like that sort of chaotic element to it where it's like, oh, the actor like makes reckless decisions. That's kind of hot. Right. Yeah. It brings him back into real personville rather than, you know, the regular lifetime dudes that look like they're like, you know, carved from cream cheese and not real people. <laughs> carved from cream cheese. <laughs> That's no, so crazy. No, I do know what you mean. That's so funny. Um, also, uh, this is a movie that I think might have been filmed during COVID. Because there aren't, like, I think this might have been Lifetime's, like, first step back into movie making during COVID times. Because it was released in September. I do know they are filming Lifetime movies now. Um, There's not, like, a lot of, you can feel, like, the emptiness in a lot of scenes. And by that, I mean, there's not a lot of extras. Like, if it wasn't for cars and probably, like, genuine-ass traffic driving by, like, you wouldn't feel the presence of other people the house that they're in is like large and vacant which doesn't help the fact that the rest of the movie feels so lonely and I think yeah they had a hard time getting extras like a lot of the extras look like they may may be like in the wardrobe department or they may be like a lighting guy like it seems well yeah the one of the policemen that walks by is actually the stunt coordinator is he? I, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I told you I got really Ellen on on this and like I went down all these weird holes and developed all these theories. And so like at one point I thought this one house was probably when I when I decided that um, that uh, Adam was like an Orange County boy. I decided this one house they shot in the backyard at it was probably his parents' house. And he probably asked his parents if, he could shoot, <laughs> if they could shoot at his house. And his dad was pro- like is in like fucking finance or like. Simon Tamara's husband kind of type and was like, well, you could use the backyard, but better be put back together by the time I'm home. So yeah, I had this no, whole you're scenario. So <laughs> right. You're so right. This is it does have the feeling of favors were asked. Yeah. For sure. And so um I ended up looking at that because I'm like, oh, let me just check this weird theory, because he just seems like he grew up in this house, the one that they go to later. Um and so uh I was like, oh, maybe there's like a special thank you to the whatever family or something. So I did look at the like credits at the end because of it. And it's a real skeleton crew. Like, so that that kind of backs up your theory of COVID shooting. Also, can we tell people 
just because you said it so quickly. Elanon is <laughs> is Jen's version of QAnon, but for <laughs> Lifetime. And I realize, you know, when once you coin that term, I realize I've been Elanon this whole time. I'm big right. on Elanon. Yeah. Oh, remember last time we okay, so the last time I was on, we talked about the director had one in the like when he was shooting called Mile High Club or Mile High Mile Clubbers. Yeah. And that that one's on the app now. It's out. Yes. They got it done. Someone told me I needed COVID. to watch that. Yeah. So they did pump them out during COVID. Yeah, yeah. I um I like some person who worked with Lifetime DM'd me and said that they had just like wrapped a movie and it made me realize like, oh, wow, like they're back out there. They're they're yeah. doing it for us. And we got to, you know, I got to appreciate as much as I am an Elanon head now, I do have to appreciate what Lifetime is doing. I, I absolutely agree, though, that they're sending secret messages to us and a trick they use like a trick they use to get around like sec decorating is we just moved in. So there's nothing on the walls because psycho, psycho yoga instructor, they just moved in. There's like, it's barren. They're in like, yeah. Such a good point. That is like a, yes, you're so right. I feel like that is low key written in at this point. Like it's like a known trick. Like maybe it wasn't a known trick at first because moving in always, it has this like sort of implied fresh start. Right. Yeah, it's such a great way to cut back on like homewares and making an environment seem homey because they did give our teen girl like a bedroom that was pulled together really quickly compared to the rest of the house. Right. Although I do feel like when also just that fridge alone was like gigantic, they didn't have to fill it with anything because they just moved in. Right. Oh, my God. The fridge is like an embarrassment of riches. So. Okay, we see this pool at night and it's like a figure eight pool in the backyard of like a McMansion. And this woman is in like a floral robe and her bikini on her cell phone. And she's telling whoever she's talking to that he needs to leave her alone. It's over between them. And then the phone breaks up, but she decides to go for her night swim anyway. So while she's swimming, she thinks she hears someone. So she stops swimming her laps and suddenly a pool skimmer is is put over her head. We see this mystery man on the side of the pool pushing her head into the water with his hand. When she finally manages to like get back up, he smashes her face into the side of the pool, then transports her body to the upstairs bathroom into right. the bathtub. The murder scenes were I mean, the the violence was good in this. Like they did a good job. Well, Maybe that's because he has a horror background, this guy. Yeah, they did do a good job with that. And um you know, one thing I one thing that never comes up during this, which I feel like it it should have was that there would be like chlorine in her lungs. That exactly. Yeah. And like maybe they wouldn't do an autopsy, but the fact that she was missing teeth, they would do an autopsy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, this was like she was Rhonda was done dirty like this is we have theories that like her sold her house got sold by the bank and like they (gasps) just moved it quick because like when we see the new family that's living there, this is an insane purchase that this freshly divorced woman and her 18 year old daughter have made. They bought too much this house. It's way too much house. My mom is so smart because she's like, you're not just buying a house. You're like keeping up with a house. So always right. think about like what you'd be willing to clean. So, you know, 
don't, you know, don't get a super like, you know, don't get a house that has like a kitchen in the backyard for no fucking reason. Like you have to take care of it. Right. I always think of that when I see like big custom homes that have like outdoor patios with kitchens. I'm like, that feels like something you're going to have to clean. Yeah. Like an outdoor fridge. It's like, okay, that's something that could break down. That's something I had would have to get fixed for maybe using it once. And how bad would that suck if your outdoor fridge stopped working? Like that's just going to be something that doesn't get fixed for five years if that's my house. So like a sunnier day and they're unpacking in this house. She's going to have a five bedroom house when her daughter's in college in six months. It's insane. (laughs) Then we hear the horrible iPhone ring. That's like, they should not. They can't put sounds like that in movies. I feel like it's so fucked up. It's also maddening that, uh, yeah, that it rang so much. It went on and on. Yeah, that's Pavlovian for people. Like, you can't do that. And so finally, in this massive kitchen, she finds her phone, but she just missed the call. And she's like, I need an ice cream break. But when she checks the freezer, the last of the ice cream is gone. Her 18-year-old daughter is a fucking animal and put the empty ice cream container back in the freezer. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I'd be doing hard time for that. Yeah, if that's I, fridge fridge fundamentals. Totally. So, you know, her mom's trying to get her to say that she likes the house, but she's being very aloof about it. And yeah, it's kind of fucked up because like her mom's like, do you do you like the living room? She's like, it's just a living room, mom, which is I mean, again, so ungrateful, such bad behavior. Yeah. Bitchy teens. It, whenever it's a single mom and a bitchy team, the bitchy team gets humbled by the end and appreciates the mom. But I think only for a little while, like probably not for long. It's true. And like this daughter has very much Renaissance fair vibes to her. (laughs) Like I told you, she looks like she should be working at some sort of store that sells velvet chokers and like dragon memorabilia. Like, yeah, she looks like she um, like she smells like that Aussie hair mousse all the time. Oh, totally. And like, (laughs) I only say this because this this girl does not like she's a little I would say like socially underdeveloped for an 18 year old girl. She's a little um, sort of like new to life. Like she's very naive. She doesn't really have experience with boys. Um, And like her coming off as this bitchy to her mom is sort of unbelievable to me. It's like Tina you know, like just stuff like people blame on hormones, but it's bad actually like, parents letting their kids get away with shit yeah but i don't know the something about this girl's physicality tells me that she would be um like a like oddly best friends with her mom like wishes she could take her mom to prom but like the the digs she takes at her mom are so harsh so like they're so cutting yeah i like like the pool she's like i like the pool and so they go outside and right away she's like um, you know, her mom says something about how this is going to be a lot of upkeep for her, which it is, especially once her daughter goes off to college and she's stuck with this big house. And Becca's like, well, you're loaded now because of the divorce. Right. So right away, she's like shaming her mom for collecting alimony and her divorce, which sounds like a messy divorce. And like her dad, Tony, can afford it. But also at the same time, she says she says she blames the mom for the divorce for working too much. So it's like, well, how is it how is she loaded but i mean she must have earned it yeah like gail basically 
like Gail, she her, she's being po- her her daughter's being poisoned against her by her husband. And she knows this. Gail is like the saddest, like the most tragic person in the world because she's a workaholic that's bad at her job. I know that's I like know. a tragic combination. <laughs> it's honestly, that's brutal. It's brutal. Yes. Because like, she's okay. Yeah. She's bad at her job. And we don't, I don't even really know what her job is, by the way. Do we ever figure that out? I mean, she works at a quote unquote creative agency, you know, Oh, it's uh, always interior design or design or something. Yeah. The exterior of the, uh, of the, the workplace said jump creative. And then she's talking about campaigns and making partner. So I'm yeah. like pretty sure it's like supposed to be a creative agency. I don't think the interior matches the exterior or the exterior in the, in that particular building, but you know, COVID shooting will give For them that. sure. Yeah. So Gabe's thing basically, or Gabe Gail's thing is that her husband was already cheating on her. But she was working too much. And Becca basically, you know, doesn't condone any of of his actions either. And she doesn't want to live with him because he's going through this insane midlife crisis. So Gail's like, well, wait, who who's he dating? And then she's like, oh, never mind. That's rule number 15. Don't tell me anything about your dad unless I have a gallon of milk, mint chocolate chip delight in my system. Yeah, so- this is baffling to me. <laughs> Yeah, we have this theory that, like, there was probably no alcohol in the movie because, one, it's a swimming movie. Like, you know, glass by the pool. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, the she, okay, Gail loves ice cream. That's her, that's her character thing. Like, she, she says, like, don't talk to me until I've had a gallon of mint chip in my stomach, which, like, girl, what's going on there? Like, what is, you like to eat a gallon of ice cream before you get bad news. Yeah. Like you like to feel like shit and then like, give me the bad news after I feel bloated and like shit. Can I tell you what I did last night? Yeah. Oh, but here's, Oh, I'll tell you my theory on this though, that maybe she gets it to the edge. They tell her bad news. And then that is her trigger to barf it up. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Gail needs a vice. Yeah, she does. I think like her approach to the world. I'm not encouraging ED or like any sort of no. thing like that. <laughs> but like she does need a vice. Um, I'm surprised she's so like sober, though. Like I kind of want her to be having cocktails because I yeah. feel like she deserves it. That might have like if Gail just relaxed and had a glass of wine, unless she's working some sort of program, I feel like she wouldn't have wound up in this situation. Well, a couple times when she like that part where she forgot the jump drive and she's like walking back into the house, she's so intense. It's like almost like self-punishing. She needs she needs a glass of wine or something or like, yeah. you know, some Bikram yoga or some sort of release. So, okay, what I was going to say about just like feeling sick to your stomach last night, I got very stoned. I don't know if you guys have heard, but I'm a stoner now. Um, (laughs) I have been smoking. I've been smoking like flour for the first time in a really long time because I've been I just hit my vape and they're not very strong. So like I don't like I never get like stoned. But recently I started smoking again. So I'm a stoner. Last night I was stoned and I decided to. Um, put some olive oil 
and garlic and red peppers and um, just a bunch of shit into a pan with some. Oh, when you said olive oil, I thought you were about to say in your vape. <laughs> no, no. And I put like a bunch of pasta and I put I like I covered it in water and then you like bake it at 350. So it gets all it gets all boiled, but like in the oven. Yeah. And then I put like so much Parmesan cheese on and I put buffalo sauce and I put <laughs> uh, like garlic herb butter and I put um, frozen mushrooms from a bag and I put like all of this shit on top of it, baked it for another 350. I ate it. Now, I have become so keenly aware of the fact that I am gluten intolerant in the last uh, 24 hours. I honestly look like I am nine months pregnant. I am so bloated. I ate only like one tiny bowl of the pasta. I went on this whole journey for like almost nothing. Um, Was it yummy? Uh... I don't remember it being bad, but I remember thinking like I went way overboard with the spice. Right. And also I just don't eat. Typically I don't eat pasta like that. Like I'm kind of like, I kind of have known that like, I can't really like go hard on gluten. Like I've known that for a while, but like waking up today and like seeing my profile in the mirror and realizing that I looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger and junior, like I (laughs) was going through it. (laughs) not just like a regular pregnant person but specifically arnold schwarzenegger and junior that was like you were swole everywhere but particularly the belly yeah and from um austria or wherever he's from i felt like i I felt austrian as well this morning um was really going through it so (laughs) becca offers to go pick up some ice cream for her mom but she's got to lend her the car because she doesn't have one and she goes well maybe the fairy car mother will make an appearance at graduation. Here's my keys. Go get some ice cream. We never come back to the car. This movie has the most jarring ending ever. I do want to give props to them for cutting it when they did, because I always complain about the little tag on scenes they do. But the fact that this movie ended the way it did shook me to my core. I know. Well, they needed a tag on scene. I mean, maybe we actually wait to mention this till the end, but. No, they should have. I mean, I'll say it now. They should have had in the tag on scene her mom giving her a car. Because, like, what is this for other than to say that Gail is a cuck? Well, also, they put him in the police car and then they drive off. They go back into the house. Meanwhile, there's a dead dude in the pool. No, I know. I know. I know. (laughs) They're like, okay, good night. So Becca goes to Creamology Cereal Bar, which looks like one of those places that people started with the best ambition. Like this is very L.A. Like some family opened this Creamology Cereal Bar, which is like not an obvious ice cream place. Cereal Bar. Yeah. And, um, you know, these places just somehow survive for years. I don't know if it's a rent control thing or just enough people getting stoned and ordering stuff randomly on Postmates. But the valley is filled. Or like highly walkable. Yes. Or between two like other popular things. There is a cereal place in London on Brick Lane that's called Cereal Killer. And it's like a full on. They have like every kind of cereal, international cereals. Like, no, that place is famous, especially because yeah. like it is kind of like 
balling on their part that they can get people to pay like $10 for right. a bowl of cereal. Like that is some amazing overhead. This is an ice cream shop though. Maybe yeah. there's like a thing where you can do cereal toppings at the end, but this is not a cereal bar. Yeah. And if you're gonna like make it really bare bones, which I guess like startup costs maybe aren't that much if you just get the machines and stuff and it's cereal, but like get a proper muralist in there to like zhuzh it up, you know? I agree. Um, so Becca goes into creamology and she pays her best friend a visit, her best friend Jackie, 618 to 1740. Weird friendship is about to get introduced. Thank you. Scoop you later. One quart of chocolate mint and make it snappy, doll. <laughs> yeah, like you need it. Uh, I think body shaming is considered a crime now, especially in an ice cream parlor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is my best friend. I'm gonna take five. Cover me. <laughs> Thanks, Greggy. How's the new digs? Weird. Look, just think about it this way. By fall, you'll be off at college with much better things to worry about. Mm -hmm. Like boys. <laughs> That's what keeps me busy. Yeah? Who are you suddenly dating? Well, there's Mike, Hank, oh, and Charlie. No, no, you're not. <laughs> I am. <laughs> In my mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, don't start suddenly dating my dad. Ooh, Becca. Older guys are hot, but ancient guys are oh. ugh, gross. Okay, yeah. No offense to your mom. Yeah, how are we friends again? Remind me. Easy. We both suffer from low self-esteem. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. This is like a bad impression of what a dude would think teenage girls talk about. Yeah. This is like when people describe people as boy crazy. Yeah. And like, first of all, we start off with this like obvious like dig at cancel culture when she says, oh, oh, apparently fat shaming is a crime now. Right. Like that's someone who wants to make, quote unquote, edgy jokes and feels like yeah. they're being silenced. But also like the idea that this girl is like flirting with a guy named Charlie, a guy named Hank and a guy named Mark in her mind, like this is so sad. Also, this is not something that girlfriends would just like organically talk about on a walk. Like they would be in communication about this on a daily right. basis, based yeah. especially off how horny they are. The two of them are the horniest virgins I've ever seen in my life. I know. And this is comes up later where she I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up later. But same with like her not realizing this other text came in later. It's like these two, even though whatever they would have been texting back and forth constantly yeah i i do believe that these two types of characters would be best friends um but i'm just not sure what they're trying to do with jackie because jackie is like winds up not being that bad of a character but like the first time we see her she like ditches her co-worker so she can go on a walk with a friend like you know, makes this weird joke about how they both have terrible self-esteem it's j like 
tries to fuck her dad. But also we have to get out there. This little line, I think, is supposed to be some sort of buffer, right? When she's like, older guys are hot, but not ancient guys like your dad. Is that because Adam is like 25? So they feel like they need to bring up that. That they're into older. Yeah. 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 I didn't see that. And also her dad doesn't seem ancient, but maybe that's because I'm not a teen. No, I know. I don't even think to like a teenager that he would seem ancient. So back at the house, there's a problem with, you know, the internet or whatever. Gail's not able to get her TV on. So she goes out and then all of a sudden this like pool skimmer hits her bedroom window. So she goes outside to check it out and she sees there's this like young pool cleaner there, Adam Lance. That's his name. And she's like, you're trespassing on my property. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, And he starts to like clean up his stuff. And he's explaining to her that he used to clean the pool for the realtor and a bunch of other pools in the area. And uh, even for the lady in the house, the one who passed away. And, you know, she's like already thinking about considering hiring this man. He's strapping. She's checking him out. Like she's not really like asking him any questions about the work he does. But this guy's been there for a long time. He's also affordable. So she hires him. Yeah. And he's like really good with the like, she makes some stupid joke and he goes, <laughs> that's funny, but in a really like swarmy dude way, he kind of nails. That's the thing. This first part, like the first 20 minutes, when I texted you, it was after the first, the first murder at the very beginning, because I both gasped and laughed. And then this cheesy meat happened. And then I was like, oh my God, this one's going to be good. And then it went like weird. But yeah, he has like um, straight guy shoe salesman energy. Yes. Where like he uses your name a lot. Yes. Yes. Like you just charming. You would buy something from him at a kiosk in the mall. Right. Um, So Becca returns with the ice cream and runs into Adam in the backyard. And she he turns around to see her just like staring at him. She's gawking. And she awkwardly introduces herself and, you know, it seems like she's never spoken to an attractive man in her life. And he's like, oh, your ice cream is melting. And she goes inside. And I, you know, based on this scene, I told you, you know, earlier, I think that if I were to like look back on how my quote unquote relationship with this guy began and how there was like no life in his eyes when he saw me. Like, right. I would oh, be he like, makes I- a lot of like innuendos too, that are pretty decent. Like, you know, he's like, you're dripping and she's like, what? Not till yeah. later though. Oh yeah. I guess. Oh, that- yeah. No, you're dripping when he says you're dripping. Yeah. But it's like, it's like almost like go inside little girl, like put that ice cream in the freezer. It's not like, sexy right. not like the way he talks to her mom right but i think i think she doesn't know i think any attention for her is good attention oh you know? for sure because she runs upstairs and calls her friend and goes prince gorgeous exists and i'm in love yeah she's into it but she's also like operating on like, you know, when you're in high school, I think we talked about this before, but um, when you're in high school and you always have to have a crush on someone, doesn't oh, matter sure. who it is. I feel like, you know, uh, uh, what Jackie has like Charlie and Hank and Milton or whatever those old man names <laughs> I wish. I know that's what? the other thing. I'm like, what kind of boys are named that? <laughs> She's got all those lined up. So now I think she was just looking to crush out on someone. 
for sure. So that night, Gail considers taking a bath, but a woman died in that bathtub. So she has kind of weird feelings about it, decides to take a shower. And this is like one of my theories on how they were able to afford this house, because when someone just died, like in the bathtub, the house is half off. Right. (laughs) Well, she wasn't murdered that we know. She just had a slip and fall. But also, like, why not get a smaller house with a nice bathroom? Because this bathroom does not look nice to me. No, it's very McMansion bathroom where it's like it has it looks like it should be expensive. But like in reality, an expensive bathroom would have nicer fixtures like it would be better tile. It's just not all that. But no, like you can't isn't when someone dies in a house like period murder or not like there. It always is a cheaper price. You have to disclose it. Yeah, I know if they're like murdered or something, you have to disclose it. I actually don't know that for sure, but I feel like I learned that from movies or something. But yeah, we get the vibe already. We see like a POV from the backyard. So someone's already focused in on Gail and watching her. Um, Then the next day, Jackie pulls up to pick up Becca for lunch. And when Becca tells her mom, like, yeah, I'm going out for the day. Gail says like, oh, I wish, you know, I wish you would hang back and like hang out with me when I'm, I'm done with work. And she's like, yeah, then I'll be back at midnight, mom, just in time. Um, and basically Gail's like, you know, I don't want to work this much, but I'm trying to like, you know, get ahead in this world. I'm trying to do better for us. So they mentioned like on multiple occasions how crazy it is that she works on a Sunday. Like, right. Jesus. Oh, no, it's like it's out not of control. that big a deal. Yeah. It's <laughs> like you have two single parents, girl, like they're going to be working. Also, you're 18. Like, yeah. stop holding it against your mother that you have to, like, spend time on your own and with your friends. So once the girls pull away, um, there's a doorbell moment. Let's let's uh, listen to this whole interaction. Hey, Gail. How are you doing this wonderful Sunday? I'm all right. Just, uh, you know, finishing up some work. Work? Today? You know what they say about all work and no play? Makes Jack Torrance go crazy. Huh? Never mind. Well, I just left some of my buckets out back. I thought I'd come grab them. Be my guest. Thank you. Where are you from, Adam? I'm from all over, but I like here a lot. Nice people, a lot of pools. And ever since my mom passed away, I've kind of been fending for myself. I'm really sorry to hear that. It's okay. Where's your father? Well, he left us when we were young, but, you know, we're better off without him. I can relate to that. You are one popular lady. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Gail. What are you doing here, Tony? Just wanted to say hi. See how you guys are settling in. And, um, I was wondering why you hadn't signed the papers yet. We're good. The move is fine. And my lawyer charges by the hour, so he's taking a sweet time finalizing the approval. But, you know, if you're in a rush, no. you could go ahead and light a fire under. No rush. Just asking. I'm going to take a drive down the coast. Alone? Not exactly. Hi, I'm Cindy. New car, huh? Yeah, I thought it was time for an upgrade. A new model. Maybe I'll let you take it for a spin sometime. I didn't know you had company. 
Good, you found you found the bucket. Uh, uh, this is Adam, my pool boy. Pool man, I'm 25. Sorry, man, just an expression. This is Tony, my ex-husband, a man who acts like a boy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cindy. Ah, uh, well, we better get going if we want to beat that coastal traffic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, what I was going to say before this is like, uh, uh, she's sitting at a desk and there's just such weird fucking posters on the wall that make no sense. So I had to pause it and look at what these posters were just because she's like moving in. And then there's these just strange looking posters. And so there's this thing called Annika is one of them. So that's where I started to get into, um, you know, Elanon because I, because Annika spelled like not the way my imaginary friend Annika was spelled, but a different way. It's a weird (laughs) way. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about your imaginary friend really quickly. Oh, well, I had two. Well, it was Tommy and Annika, but basically they were pretty long talking <laughs> friends. And then they were my imaginary friends. But then, like, Annika, I killed her off because I think I had a crush on Tommy. So then it was just Tommy from then on. And, you know, I made my mom, like, set a table for him and shit. You were living <laughs> in your own little lifetime movie. Yeah, I did. You fucking killed I don't off know your it. own best imaginary friend. Yeah, I know. She just didn't show up one day, but Tommy stuck around. I'm like, we need privacy. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh Anyway, so this was spelled weird. So I looked it up and the weirdest thing. Okay, so if they spell on the poster, it's spelled A-N-N-I-N-K-A, right? And if you look at images with that nut with that name, Pictures of like a model come up that look exactly like the daughter, but it's not the daughter. Oh, that's so weird. Isn't that weird? That's a little um, that's a little touch that no one but Rolf Konefsky is going to give you. <laughs> well, then I found out the costume designer is named Annika spelled that way. But the poster still looks like it's like a science poster. I don't get it, but OK, so. Yeah, the office is also like placed oddly in the home. Like it's yeah. kind of like right next to the dining room, really one of the first things you'd see when you come in. And typically one, I mean, why not just use one of the many empty bedrooms as your office? But just like the placement of it is a little strange. Um, so I I thought this whole interaction was fascinating. I love that he corrects him and says he's a pool man. He's yeah. 25 <laughs> years old. Like that's some like, actually, I'm a uh, 23 and a half like type stuff. Um, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the way that they have this play out with like the little girlfriend come up to the door and Cindy's nothing but like a nice girl. She's never portrayed as someone who is like really rubbing it in her face like or, you know, it's just she's this like very young, very chesty brunette girl. Right. Very but Cindy obvious. didn't need to get out of the car. No, she did know? not need to get out of the car. But she also was like sort of harmless in her approach. Like, I think she's just sort of like happy and dumb. Yeah, I, th- I like Tony and Gail's relationship, too, though, because they kind of barb each other, but they never take it too far. Yeah, like they're good co-parents. Yeah, like when he when he was like when she started to get attitude about the lawyer, he like backed off. He was like, "Okay, I see this is a sore spot." You know what I mean? Are you getting Courtney and Scott vibes from them? Courtney and Scott. 
Kardashian. Oh, yeah. Basic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Tony tells Gail, you know, to take care of herself and drives off. And Adam and Gail just like stand on the stoop for a moment before they go in. And Gail's like pissed. She just needs to vent. So she's venting to him like, you know, like they're old friends or a new boyfriend. And she's like, he just showed up to show off his new girlfriend in his new car. He's trying to turn Becca on me. I'm not even the one who cheated. And Adam's like, you're better off without him. And she's like, well, I just don't get why it's okay for a man to be with a woman half his age, but it's crazy for a woman to be with a younger man. And Adam's like, well, you know, personally, I don't feel that way. People just, you know, it's one of those things they've taken from TV and movies. She's well, I can't even watch TV because my TV doesn't work. And I love that she's so like unconscious in this moment. Yeah. She, like, I felt like even like taking his his uh his deep thought about how media is a- affects relationships. <laughs> and, like she's just like this fish like flopping around like and he's like reeling her in oh another thing is this stupid car that the the ex-husband has i don't know why everyone's dressed in the same the color choices in this movie are incredible because they keep putting people in the same scene together and have them matching right so like everyone's wearing the exact same color as the car in in this scene for some weird reason like anytime someone's wearing turquoise the other person's wearing the exact same turquoise I wonder if that's a Konevsky thing, because this I mean, there is something interesting about like Adam, uh, Tony and Gail all wearing different shades of blue and then Cindy wearing a bright yellow dress. Like, yeah, I I think they thought they were doing something with that. Is Is she the sunshine? I think she's the complimentary color. Oh, or maybe the sunshine. I don't know. But like. The turquoise when uh, what's her ass daughter and Adam met were the exact same turquoise. So interesting. There's so much turquoise in this movie. Um, So he's like, let me fix your TV. And he like bolts up the stairs. And once the TV is fixed, he's like, oh, your input and output were switched. She's like, just like my life. And Adam's (laughs) like, you know, you're way too stressed out. You need to chill. Maybe I could help you out with that. And she makes a joke where she's like, Mr. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? So like this with like her Jack Nicholson reference downstairs. I mean, he doesn't understand her bits. He's way too. But like he's also like has no like yes and qualities. It's like sometimes when people refer to stuff that I don't know, I just roll with it, you know, although you did that with the Courtney and Scott thing. And I'm like, wait, what? But no, um, but uh but like he does, he he stops and is like, wait, what are you saying? You know, he wants Whereas, to learn from her. Yeah, it's also very odd that he doesn't know the Mrs. Robinson reference to me. Right, like just play it off, and also yeah, yeah that's like one of the most. That's like. That's one of those references, you know, just from being a human. You don't have, you yeah. don't have to have seen the movie, but especially if he has a mommy fetish, it's like. It's like he must have been hyper aware. He's probably been watching some older lady, younger guy stuff, and they probably refer to it a lot. Well, I don't think Adam and his mom were watching a lot of movies, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Well, since her passing. Maybe a little Netflix and chill, if you know what I'm saying. Dude, did you know, like, uh, Anne Bancroft was, like, 
30, it was either 34 or 36 when she would play Mrs. Robinson. I know. That's like crazy. It's crazy. Like <laughs> it's so nuts. It's crazy, especially because Dustin Hoffman was never like the youngest looking man. Right. Uh, man. So they should make it an ad for sunblock. Um, she tells him, you know, it's, you know, this is never going to happen. There's like 57 reasons for that. And this was at the time, like early on in the movie, I thought maybe this was like a writing thing that got dropped, but it seems like her quirk was going to be to have like lists and reasons. Cause she said earlier to Becca, like rule number 15 is don't tell me questions about your dad or don't tell me things about yeah. your dad's love life. Even if I ask. And then now she's like, there's 57 reasons for that. And he starts to rub her shoulder. And this is the last time she makes a reference to any like thing. She's like, I'm done with numbers. The yeah. It's like my personal. <laughs> we'll leave that that's Elanon. Dude, that's Elanon. They're telling us like, don't follow rules. Like, don't listen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't. So then he says, you this know, this ain't no uh, inhaler. You know how an inhaler never plays a minor part in a like movie. An inhaler. No one- yeah, if you see an inhaler anywhere, it's never going to like play a minor part. It's never. An oh, extra. oh, for sure. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, we just did a whole EpiPen thing. Oh, and yeah. I- those don't play minor parts at all. No, no one's casually. No one's casually using an inhaler act one or an EpiPen act one. Prescription later. You never see yeah. someone casually take a prescription, even a vitamin, really. It always means something. So um, we need movies for casual diabetics. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so he starts like rubber shoulders. He's like, one can always find a reason, fear, justification, but people regret the things in life that they don't do. That's not living. You're entitled to some fun too. He's like, don't be afraid to live. And she gets like very stern. She's like, I'm not afraid to live. And I love it. And he's this like, was like a Good. classic lifetime speech. Yeah, they. I mean, they like. I will say it was kind of hot. I Adam sells it. Mm-hmm. Um. So Becca and Jackie are in the park eating, and Jackie wants to know everything about the guy. You know, the guy that her mom is fucking right now. And Becca's like, "Well, you know, he was shirtless and had muscles." And Jessica looks him up. Um. On Google. And she can't find any results for him. And yeah, she's like there's literally nothing. And then she pulls up some other guy. She's like, well, wait, is this him? And it's this like, <laughs> you know, looks like a Reddit mod. And by the way, that is our director, yep. Rolf Konefsky. Yeah. He Transition little, lenses. He's having a little Quentin Tarantino moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love how fast. I mean, I don't know if she's super fast at looking stuff up, but like how how could she search first she said there must be a lot of people with the name and then she says there's nobody with there's no one here yeah yeah it was um it was a little like it was a little little much i'm assuming she went fb yeah or do you have to have your name i never really got into facebook so i guess i'm an adam lance type yeah, um, <laughs> you're but like he could he, he could be like pool boy 69 or something yeah also like you know like on on uh i don't know it, it also they're younger so like maybe they're not super into facebook but you can have any name on any anything like what if he's like one of those people on twitter 
that's like just a high school boy that has like a hundred thousand followers, but like you don't know his name, but he's like a great memer. Right. I mean, I have a million like Instagram names. You gotta have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Sugar Baker and Associates, right here. (laughs) Horny for Bitcoin, checking in. So, um, Adam and Gail uh, just wrapped up their their bone sash, and Gail's like, "What do I do?" And he's like, "You did everything right." Unimpressive sex scene, by the way. Kind of, yeah. And he's like, you know. She's like, this was a one time thing for me. And he, you know, you're nice, you're handsome, you're young, but I don't want to stoop to Tony's level and date someone, you know, your age. And he's like, listen, he like starts to get upset because, you know, she's like, he's in love with her a little bit. Like he's a little bit in love with her already. Yeah. It's like, give it a beat, Gail. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost Like like, honestly, it's almost like, if the roles were reversed and this is like how like a, a dude would treat like a 22 year old girl who likes him too much. Like right. just, this was a one-time thing. Like, just letting you know after. like I'm not yeah. going to be your boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, she's like, no, you're great. You know, you're good at your job, but that's it. So that night Adam is at this like, Oh, but here's it. Oh, sorry. Uh, here's an exchange. I do. She said, he said, uh, you're like my son. She said, she said, he said, but I'm not your son. And she said, thank God for that, <laughs> which is such a weird thing to say after they. they yeah. She's it. like, thank God I didn't do incest. <laughs> 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 that would have been bad. So that night, Adam is at this like house he lives in. I, I feel like his house looks like a house you would see on 2020. Oh, because the pillars. It's the pillars. And then also like the sad window with like the obviously fake green plant in the corner. Like it yeah. just looks like the, nothing's like it doesn't look like it has like a n- nice coat of paint on it. It looks like it probably is weird even in its own neighborhood. Like it just looks a little strange. Um, So, yeah, anytime you add those pillars to any sort of like architecture that doesn't match, it always comes off like. Oh, there's going to be ugly tiles in the kitchen vibe. Yeah, because it looks grand, but it's attached to this just like block of a house. It's just like an yeah. long ass rectangle. So um, he's like, you know, dealing with his upset through push ups and crunching and working through the pain. And we'll see uh, some shadow boxing at the very end, or you'll hear it rather. Um, he's shadow boxing with a wall full of pictures of Gail and Becca, 2222 to 2304. Use me. She used me. This feels very Rolf Konefsky to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a cl- he has a classic, uh, a classic lifetime 
stalker wall with like twinkle lights and shit. The twinkle lights threw me for a loop. It's a fine line because of this. I like I like to like give the psychos the Benny of the D until they do something wrong. At this point, it may be just a vision board. Right. Yeah. It is. There's a fine line between a stalker wall and a vision board. It's also like screenshots of dailies. <laughs> like these are obviously just dailies. Like this is. <laughs> it was literally the day before. Yeah. Um, Becca gets dropped off at the house after hanging out with Jessica and she grabs herself a yogurt in the kitchen and sees that Adam is in the backyard skimming the pool. So she calls Jessica and she's like, he's here. Jessica's like, tell me all about it. Cause Jessica's really into like descriptions and like getting sort of that visual going in her head. She needs that. She like, that's her. She's a little bit of a, uh, she's a little bit of a watcher. Yeah. But she says like, start from the chest and work your way down, which I think is exact opposite of like what teenagers are into. Or at least when I was a teen, I'd be like, Start from his band t-shirt and work your way up. <laughs> Would be me in high school. Yeah. So she's like, you know, you know what to do. I taught you what to do. Make sure you look hot. So Becca comes out into the backyard. She's been coached by Jackie. And um, she's wearing a bikini and she acts all surprised to see Adam there. And she's like, oh, is the pool ready for action? And he is like, it's open for business whenever you feel like getting wet. Uh, Kanevsky, come on now. Yeah, he's got a lot of these. He's got a, I clean up nice. You're dripping. I feel like the wet. porn, they don't really show that on your IMDb, but I do think he's done porn. Oh, I mean, that's what those Emmanuel are. I don't know if the modern ones are. But what, I mean, what, like, they're not of- going to have like, like nasty sluts 28 on his IMDb. But yeah, she like, um... Basically, her little thing is going to be like asking for some sunscreen on the back. And he's giving yeah. her a little bit of like a back massage when he's applying the sunscreen. And he is like, so like, how old are you? She's like, I'm 18. Uh, you know, like, I'm a senior in high school. So we know she's legal off the bat. And um, she's like, did you are you planning on did you go to college? Like I'm planning on going college. Did you go? He's like, Oh no, a little too theoretical for me. <laughs> I'm into more hands-on type of things. And then we like cut to this close up of his hands on her lower back. And I was like, that feels inherently sexual at that point. Oh yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, I can't even imagine asking someone I just met to do that. Even if I was super into them. Yeah. So then he's like, all right, all done. And when he stands up, she's like, no, you're not. And she pulls him down. But instead of him like falling next to her like a normal person would, he like cartwheels into the pool. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think the time of like throwing people in pools, it doesn't work in cell phone times because it could be super costly. I know. You, know what I mean? you can't randomly push anyone into a pool. Because, A, they're going to be fucking pissed if you ruin their phone. B, it's going to cost a lot of money. That's all I got. I was panicking for her. I was like, dude, he's like a broke pool boy. Like, this guy cannot be, like, making that much money doing pools. Right. Okay, here's the, one of the names of one of his films. Emmanuel Through Time, Emmanuel's Supernatural Sexual Activity. Yeah, so, I mean, that is obviously pretty sexual, but I I think that this dude does 
you know, short, like of very s- hardcore actual porn. No, I, yeah, I think it's like Skinamax kind of, you know. But in addition, I think he directs actual hardcore porn. Oh, yeah. Under a another name. Yeah. Like I he has some, he does some like, weird personal line where he's like, I'm not going to put my name on this. Yeah, like trailer sluts, like 29. Like, I think that's what he does. So, okay. Um, She's like, I'm so sorry. You know, it was Jackie's idea. Jackie's my best friend. And I'm like, why are you admitting that to him? Like, just be (laughs) like, it was an accident. Like, don't tell him. Don't throw Jackie under the bus. And also, like, embarrass yourself like that. So Also, he hasn't even gotten mad yet. No, I know. He's into it. Yeah, I know. So Adam's like, no, it's fine. Come test the pool up for yourself. And he dares her to jump in. And like he does something that's low key kind of hot, which is that he puts his lower face, l- lower half of his face in the pool. Isn't it kind of hot when that happens in real life? Yeah. For a second. Yeah. You're like, oh, that is kind of hot. Like you're um, you're seeing a new version of them. Yeah. So <laughs> an eyes up. Uh, he gets up. eyes up. Start at the nose and work your way up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, they're like playing around in the water when Gail pulls up after work and she hears them playing in the pool and heads to the backyard. And Becca acts so guilty. Like you can tell how much she likes him by how guilty she reacts. And Adam is just so nonplussed. And Gail's like, um, could you come talk to me inside? And so... um. Gail's like, you know, I thought I made it clear that yesterday was a one-time thing. And, you know, it was special, but it needs to stay that way. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm not, you know, and I'm not going to tell your daughter or anything. Like, don't worry about it. I'm just here for work. It was going to be, we-. and she's like, I thought it was going to be weekly. And he's like, yeah, but your pool requires some extra attention. And Gail's like, well, no, not my pool. And Adam points out that it's Becca's pool, too. And she's going to be using it more than her. <laughs> like, that is so, that is where you can tell he's immature. He's like, where's well, Becca's pool, too? Well, Becca <laughs> is a freeloader. She's 18 years old, doesn't work, gives Gail shit, is asking for a car. It's not Becca's pool. So, yeah. so Gail's like, stay away from my daughter. And he's like, well, you know, I don't see why I'd have to, you know, it's over between us and she's legal. That's disgusting. Yeah. For someone to say that to you about your kid, like she's legal. Right. <laughs> like put him in jail. Like that feels like intent for something. Like I'm going to bang your daughter. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear. He's trying to. Yeah. Well, the police. So, right. um, well- you know. Adam's like, you know what? It's not fair. You're too old for me. She's too young for me. You know, you're starting to sound like my mom. And then he walks closer to her and put his puts his hand on her. See, waist. this part was hot, except for the mom part. And he goes, it's actually kind of starting to turn me on. It's incest, <laughs> dog. He's an he's an incestor. I know, but he almost gets her. He almost gets her. That's the thing. If he would have played it cool for long enough, she would have come back around. He would have laid off the daughter, played it cool, came once a week, you know, when she was having one of her hissy fits, she would have come back around. And he almost had her at this point, but he didn't. And this was even with the mom weird stuff. 
she's like you he's like you know she's like you should go and he goes well you're the boss and he like walks out the front door like such big dick energy like yeah really serving me some fuck you gail and it i wrote in my notes that was hard for gail to pass up i mean it would be hard for me i probably would I mean, she's dead ass sober, though. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'd have to have a drink in me to give in to like a 25 year old trying to seduce me. And I'm like, I have no daughter. I have no responsibilities. Like, you have a daughter right outside. Yeah. (laughs) So a a daughter that also thinks she's going to fuck this guy, by the way, which is so weird. Like when you think about like the psychological horror of that, like knowing. Oh, my gosh. Leaks. Oh, God. I think it's gross to fuck siblings, let alone this. So Adam comes out to the backyard to tell Becca he has to go. But is she free on Saturday? She's like, I can make myself free for lunch. So on Saturday, Becca is getting ready for her lunch date with Adam at her vanity. And her mom notices that she is very glammed up when she stops by her room. Of course, she looks exactly like she does in every other no, oh, she looks like she's going to the Renaissance Fair, dude. Like <laughs> they gave her like blush that was like a couple shades too dark. She looks like a child who did makeup in her room. <laughs> it's like it's it's so over the top. Like she's giving me she has this like statement necklace on. It's like a chunky yellow bead. And it's like it looks like something. Yeah, dangly earrings. To, yeah, that's like the jewelry you wear to church. Like that's like like church flashy. That's, that's not like anthropology you- teacher. It's not where you what you wear to go like fuck some hot dude. It's some glass bead yellow necklace. Right. With way too much blush looking like you're going to the damn fair in a cotton <laughs> dress. The cotton dresses in this are t- so bad too. The dress Oh my gosh. Becca in neutered her. I was yeah, this is some like 579 throback shit. Did you guys used to have those? No, I thought it, it was, was like, like a, it was like a sh- shitty like back in mall days. It was like a shittier wet seal. It's, it was like everything was like eight dollars. Oh, okay. I thought it was like the size thing, like um zero two four or whatever it is in yeah. minerals. Oh well, I think it was called five seven nine because of that. I don't know, but it was like really like those kind of cotton dresses that like. Exactly, exactly those dresses, and they were all like eight dollars. No, it looks like Lularoe or something to me. And I wonder if they, um, if they purposely sort of like had her covered up and like in youthful clothing because like they, because she is so close to age and age to the character who plays the mom, or they like seem like siblings, like step siblings, like I said. Yeah. Um, the, because, uh, Jessica, it's Jessica, right? She wears the same kind of dresses. She has those cotton, like bouncy dresses too. Is it Jessica or Jackie? I thought it was Jackie. Jackie. Sorry. Guys, we're not going to be great with the names in this. (laughs) I'm warning you on that. They're not sticking for me either. The weird thing is, is that we're recording this literally at noon on a Sunday. (laughs) We are both sober. I'm sure my Adderall (laughs) just hasn't kicked in, but like, Yeah. For some, this is this is how I'm showing up for you today. Every time <laughs> something new. Um, so let's play the clip. Wow, you're looking nice today. 
Where are you off to? Um, just getting together with Jackie. We're gonna do some studying. Studying? <laughs> you, on a Saturday? Yeah. We have final exams next week. And what, fashion design? We're gonna study at a library. People are gonna see us there. Doesn't wanna look good. Look good for who? You know, there's no harm in taking pride in one's appearance, Mother. Maybe you should try it sometime. And maybe you should start telling the truth for a change. I am telling you the truth. Maybe if you would have cared more how you look, Dad wouldn't have left. Do you really think that? It's Jackie. She's outside. We'll finish this conversation later. That is so fucking mean. It was so mean. Also, the mom's so? gorgeous. Yeah, no, Gail is like so gorge. This actress, this whole movie is like killing it. I'm like, she has these beautiful blue eyes. She's such goals. She has great lip tint on. Her makeup looks awesome. She's a naturally gorgeous woman. Guys, when you watch this movie, the sound goes in and out. Like the, the lighting is horrific. The lighting is I mean, I don't know. Someone needs to be shot. The DP, the gaff rider. But it's it's like people like like I'm not even mentioning all this stuff. But like when the dad was in the doorway, he was bebopping around between shots. The script supervising isn't great. So I was like, Jen, you can't be a fucking brat about this. You got to only mention these things once. Why don't you look on the bright side and see something that is good? And I was like, you know what? In nighttime movies like this, people's hair, like especially people like Gail, sometimes <laughs> it's just whack. Gail's hair is pretty consistently tight, you know, because sometimes when it's curled, like there'll be a stray piece in some weird scene. Yeah. But Gail's hair is together. Yeah. I, so like I was thinking that too, um, just even rewatching that scene. She definitely, Becca's character has like, or like this actress has like textured hair. And I feel like on set, they didn't know how to do it. Oh, you mean uh, Becca's? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Gail did her own hair. I, I agree. I feel like she just like got really great highlights like shortly before this movie anyway. And then she was cast with these perfect highlights like her. And they're like, it's COVID. You have to do your own hair. And she was like, great, because I actually know how to do it. I, yeah, I feel like they might have all done their own hair because it's either that they didn't know in like hair and makeup how to do Becca's curls or like the actress herself hasn't figured out how to like right. make her curls camera ready, I guess, if that's probably right. a better way to put it. Like, because like her curls are fine for like the real world. Like she has long hair and she is like sort of like, um, I think she has hair honestly a lot like mine where it's like thin, but there's a lot of it. And like a wild curl pattern, like I think. Yeah, and it looks like moussey, but do people even use mousse anymore? Th that's what I'm saying. Like it feels like not TV ready. Like this feels like if right. I saw this on the street, that'd be fine. But like whatever product she's using is not serving her hair. Right. If you now. were hanging out at the crematorium or 
cream city or whatever the place is called creamology which by the way that place had the worst lighting like it was like they were trying to tell us something with that lighting (laughs) like they were trying to let us know this is like a fucking haunted ass creamery like i was really (laughs) well i have a theory coming up that i'll get to later because i don't think this one part was initially in the movie and they shot it on the fly yeah elanon we're on to yeah. you, dude. Yep. So uh, Becca comes bolting out of the house to Adam, who's in the driveway. And she's like, you're supposed to pick me up at the end of the street so my mom doesn't see. And he's like, I'm not ashamed to be with you. This type of beauty, it should never be hidden. <laughs> also, the mom knows she's going, but she lets her go. I would have. Yeah, liked- like Gail's definitely watching her pull off and she's like this little shit. And Adam right. gives her a smug look. You know, like he's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck your daughter, dude. But also, (laughs) like, as soon as she sees for sure that she's lying, she could text her and be like, oh, by the way, everybody in this movie has the same phone case, just different colors. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She could text her and be like, for every minute you're not here, you're grounded for a month or you're not getting a car for a month. You know what I mean? Because she knows Adam has the goods to make it happen. You know, she's fallen victim to it. She's like, so why would you just like, yeah. Why Come would you on, let her go off. Anyway. Yeah, it is crazy. Like it's uh, it's a little interesting that Gail decides to let this one slide, and I feel like it's because Becca just tore her like twenty new assholes, and she kind of doesn't want her in the house to begin with. She's like, fine, let this little cunt go off with this monster. Who well, cares? also, I think she's gonna have a big cry. By the way, she said, "Do you really think that?" I know. Like, go, go out of the house so I can hysterically cry. If I said this to my mom, she would be like, bitch, please. She'd be like, literally, please. Like, as it like this, that would like, I don't think this could would affect my mom. If I did what Becca said to her, like in reality, my mom would on most occasions be like, yeah, fuck you. Like, I'm killing it. (laughs) I know I'm killing it. One time I cried so hard. Somebody called the cop. (laughs) Is that true? You know my place in Silver Lake? You know how we have, it was a duplex <laughs> and the people were above us? Yeah. <laughs> I was what wearing, the fuck, Jen? <laughs> I was wearing, okay, so I went to a party <laughs> and things did not go the way. <laughs> um, Things did not go the way I wanted to at this party. So I come home and I'm upset. <laughs> And I also had very tight, like, cotton pants on. And they were just, and I ripped them off of me because they were just too tight. And they literally tore. I think I have a picture of it because I remember taking a picture of the pants the next day um, and, like, making a little, like, something out of it back. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. Just that's when I had time for bullshit, you know? Um, so, so I'm like crying, but I'm like hitting the ground and we had wood floors, but the people were above us. So the people that lived above us, we called them the net gears. Cause they had like a lot of conversations with us about like um, the internet and like, they're net like net gear. <laughs> anyway, the net gears, <laughs> like they were like very serious people, even though they were like young. Um, and the net gears called the cops. The cops came. I didn't have any pants on. And I'm like, can I go put on <laughs> pants? And I was just like, I was just upset and crying. Everything's fine. But they had to look through the house. And I was just like standing Why there. Why did no they pants. have to look through the house? 
Because just in case I was like hiding someone that may have been beating me or something, I guess. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> but right. I'm like, can I go put on pants? <laughs> Meanwhile, there absolutely was someone in your box spring, but like that was completely <laughs> yeah. related. No, but I'm dude, like crying about <laughs> you are like, doesn't like me. <laughs> you were the funniest fucking person I have ever met. Like one thing I will give the neck uh, the net gears credit for is they didn't film you like Misha Barton's neighbors. You know what I mean? like you were going oh did that happen oh yeah she was like on like a three-day bender or something and she was screaming yeah i was just crying and then i was just like hysterically crying because nobody was home you know and i was just like (laughs) getting it all out but the neck ears are like (laughs) (laughs) they used and like they used to have this weird thing where like every night we'd hear them like moving furniture and we thought we came up with this theory that that was their foreplay (laughs) <laughs> like rearranging like, the living yeah. room because <laughs> that's what it sounded like it was probably some exercise thing but yeah it's like what if we put the credence over here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true dude it probably was like reconfiguring the furniture in the living room is probably some sort of like yeah I I agree. I agree with that theory. I love that, Jen. (laughs) Did you know I cried so hard? Somebody, (laughs) I'm gonna find because I forgot what I wrote on it because I took a picture of the pants the next day. I have to dig it up. It's like some 2008 shit, you know. We'll link it in the description, you guys. Oh no! Oh no! No, I'm just kidding. I'll send it to you. (laughs) Um, Okay. Anyway, we won't show that. I promise. So (laughs) we see a montage of them at like a boardwalk carnival. I think it's Santa Monica Pier, like Santa Barbara. It can't be. It looks low rent. Yeah, but this was filmed in Los Angeles. I wonder where that was. Oh, man, this this aquarium looked fucking gross that they went to. It did. It's like the shitty version of that cruel summer karate kid montage. Well, it's like. Like they only go to an aquarium because one, it's like, I guess, probably cheap to film there compared to like having them go on rides and shit like that. But right. two, because he loves water. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do you yeah. think it's because he's like a water guy? He's a water baby? Maybe. I mean, yeah, if this is like the pier because aren't there piers like down? Oh, this is another thing. Molly, I can't what? believe I didn't send this to you. Maybe my friend Caroline still has it. But, um, or Carolyn, sorry. She posted, she went down to some pier that was like San Pedro or something more south than Santa Monica. I bet it's like San Pedro. Yeah, but you know what they had there is Dr. Laura Dolls. Oh, I have one. You do? Yeah. I can't believe I didn't forward it to you when she posted about it. Because I'm like, I mean, these exist? Yeah. And they're at like a fun zone in like San Pedro or something. When I went to the Dr. Laura movie night at the Sherman Oaks Arclight, we watched Casablanca. We watched Casablanca and she did, we did a QA on the moral themes of the movie after. Um, it was uh, <laughs> it was so great. And um, what? yeah, it was so great. And um, <laughs> and at the end, DL gave us like you got like a Dr. Laura T-shirt that was just like a black T-shirt with Dr. Laura written on the breast and like a pin- like in a red script. And then you got a Dr. Laura doll. You got like a couple pens, I think. Wait, so these are sanctioned dolls? Yeah, they're do- like she had these in the um, when Dr. Laura was like actually popping. 
Like the yeah. way Rosie O'Donnell had a Barbie. Oh man. See, I was like, our, I figured they were unsanctioned since they were by the pier, you know? No. And by the way, she lives in that area. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's DL side hustle. Like if she has a hundred thousand of these in a warehouse and oh, she, my gosh. does it talk? Them. Does it do anything? Uh, it does. It, it tells you to, um, take on the day. Yeah. It tells you, you know, stuff like that. Like it, it goes through like some of Dr. Laura's greatest hits. Oh, by the way, there's not one, but two, um, movies on the lifetime movie net, uh, app right now that are about Dr. Laura types who like get involved with somebody like killing themselves or being murdered on the other. Oh, we did one, but like, I'm obsessed with this. Like I'm actually obsessed with the radio thing and it's a perfect one to do on here because like a lot of the podcast people I talk to work in the radio world or worked in. Is the one you did with Alexandra Paul? Cause the one that's more modern, I started to watch, but I'm like, Oh, this movie is actually pretty good. It was uh, the one where the it like the woman get she gets hit by a car because her abusive oh, husband. Oh yeah, that one's the older one. There's like a newer one that's okay. like it seems like it's almost a like Canadian or something, but it's well, it's like kind of it well probably done. is yeah, it probably is Canadian. Um, okay, wait. So after the aquarium, they go to get dessert at Jackie's ice cream shop, and they're aggressively licking their cones. Like it's actually shameless yeah. <laughs> and horny and disgusting. Like it's so gross, and um, <laughs> their heads are so close together. And he I know a lick of her cone, and jokes that you know he didn't want it to drip. So they start to lean in for a kiss when Jackie pops up out of nowhere and is like, how's it going? And Adam is like, who are you? Like the way Adam is genuinely just like, so <laughs> assuming that this is some out of pocket, like woman who Patron. works at the ice cream store. <laughs> like, <laughs> So she's like, this is my best friend, Jackie, the one who told you to, you know, go and like for me to push you in the pool. And Jackie's like, every boy looks good in a wet T-shirt. And like, she's so <laughs> horny in front of her friend's date. It's like, dude, calm down. Um, and Adam is very put off by her. Yeah. Uh, is not Adam's like, not only are you not Gail, but you're not even an offspring of Gail's. So not interested. Totally. So Beck is like, I need some extra napkins, like suggesting to Jackie to go get napkins because she fucking works there. And Jackie's like, you know where they are. So once the two of them are alone, Jackie's like, hey, uh, how do you spell your last name? You know, I was trying to look you up on social media, but I couldn't find you. And he's like, oh, uh, I'm not on social media. And he has this like half hearted grin that's sort of like. How do I say this as a nice guy, but also like, fuck you. Yeah, I feel like these two have some heat, though. I kind of like their energy. And she's like, like, oh, are you like Amish or something? Which is classic malls. I love to ask people if they're Amish. (laughs) And he's like, no, I'm just taking a break from the World Wide Web. Uh, she's like, well, what if you forget a birthday or a special occasion? He's like, I never forget. Yeah, that's right. If that's this right, dude Jackie. was, was try- like hooking up with my best friend, I'd be terrified. Right. But do they know the difference between the confidence of a 25-year-old and not? Or, I mean, I guess Jackie does because her little spidey sense goes up and she doesn't like him. But I think she doesn't like him because she can't. Like he's shutting down her flirts. 
Yeah, like he can't, like she can't crack him. Yeah. Sad. I don't think she likes him because she she gets a creepy vibe. I think that she can't fl- flirt with him. It's not working on him. She's going to have a hard time socially adjusting in college, I think. I think she's going to like live her fantasies in college. She's going to have that Milton, <laughs> that Walter, that Wilford. But she will uh, burn bridges along the way. Oh, with yeah. this behavior. Yeah. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. Yeah, Becca comes back and sees the two of them kind of in a place, right? And she's like, you know, what'd you learn about each other? And Jackie's like, well, apparently your boyfriend has the mind of an elephant. And Adam's like, I just listen to people when they talk, which is kind of like when he says it, it hits different. Like he's judging all conversations. Yeah, but his comebacks are pretty like he he checks Jackie every time. Yeah, like, you know, he's he's got something going on upstairs. If he can go toe to toe with Jackie, this you know, Gabby Gabster. So Becca's like, you know, you can't beat a guy who listens. And Jackie's like, I got to get back to work, but do everything I wouldn't do. So the two of them, you know, they have their first kiss. It's very, you know, I guess Jackie would do that. So that's great. Um, And she's all hot and bothered when she gets home. Like truly she gets home and she seems so horny. But her mom is waiting for her in the living room. And she's like, how are things at the library? You know, I know. But she says her mom says library. Library. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear that too? I'm like, I rewound it like four times. I'm like, did you say library? I think I I did notice that, but I wasn't. (laughs) I was like not in the place to put it in my notes for some reason. (laughs) I was like. There was so much going on in this movie, honestly. And Gail's like, stop the lies, okay? I saw you get in his truck. 
And Becca's like, why are you making such a big deal out of this? I'm 18. My dad is seven years older than your than you. So like, obviously you don't have a problem with it. And it's like that using that excuse of like her husband to seven, like, does Becca think she's going to marry Adam, the pool boy? Right. Yeah. Which, you know what? I thought maybe the parent, I had in my head that the parents met in high school, but now that we know he's seven years older, that was a wrong theory. I'm going to scrap that off my theory list. So Gail's like, you know, with the way that worked out, you should know better. I'm just trying to hold the family together. My work is important. You know, if we want to level up as a family, I I, got to keep working. I can make partner. That would be good for everyone. I can't work well when I'm worried about my daughter. And Becca's like, you shouldn't worry. It's suffocating. Okay. You make me feel like a porcelain doll. Gail ain't never making partner. No, she's never making partner. Yeah. The big account. She says my big account at work. She's even mean a partner. But like the way her company handles her is very (laughs) corporate. Like they don't give a shit. Like they really is a commentary on how corporate culture doesn't give a shit about you because like you would think that like in a better work environment, they would be like, do you need some sort of like help? Like, do you help with like what's going on in your life? Like you're getting a divorce. You're moving into this new house. your, Your daughter's going to college next year. Like. You're being a little absent-minded, but it's a um, creative agency too, because you know how creative agencies are like faux fun. They're like, oh my gosh, we're storytelling disruptors. We disrupt storytelling. Oh oh, yeah. You got to disrupt. Like, oh, look, we have so much candy in the break room. And if you want to play ping pong, you can, you know? So, but, but it's coming off at her work, like mage corporate vibes, like you're talking about. I call those guys that like run companies like that evil betas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a true. Mark Zuckerberg is an evil beta. Jeffree Star yeah. is an evil beta. Yeah. It's oh, a it's thing. Friday lunch. Have a glass of wine. Come on. We're having someone coming in to do a talk. And you then know, the like- second you show weakness, <laughs> you're done. Yeah. It's like, no, we just want you to like act out of control. But like once you actually once you actually (laughs) start living in the environment that we've fostered for you, we're going to take everything away from you. Um, Yeah, we're just I love the word disruption. It makes me laugh every time and store. Everything's a storyteller. We're all storytellers. So Gail doesn't want her to see him anymore. And Becca's like tough shit you're just jealous. And Gail's like, no, I'm not jealous, but what did you guys do? And she goes, everything. I just had the best night of her life. And Gail's face is like major. Oh no. Right. Because it does sound like Becca just lost her V card. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Becca did have the best night of her life, but it was like on paper. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. If she had to write a perfect date, she's like, we'd go and we'd go on bumper cars and eat popcorn and then look at fish. And then I'd show them off to my best friend. But like dating at that age was never really that great because you were so nervous the whole time. I know that's yeah. I mean, I don't think probably like until I was 25, I couldn't go out with someone and actually be comfortable like no. for the first time. Like, never mind, like, eating on a date. Like, I couldn't even eat on a date, like, pretty much through my 20s. And now, like, I'm like, do you want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings? Like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Now I'm just like, what fucking ever, dude? Like if I <laughs> hang out with this guy, he's going to see me eat sometime. Big fucking deal. Like right. I've, I've been hurt before. So she grounds her. Um, and Jackie and Becca talk at the pool the next day. And she's like, I can't believe your mom grounded you. Is she home now? She's like, she's not. But, you know, she's got a meeting at her boss's office. I've, you know, she's really been messing up at work and, you know, at home for some reason. You know, this is a this is Adam's fault. And Adam's a cool guy, right? What? Wait a minute. Yeah. Also, how does she know she's messing up at work? Right. And why would this be Adam's fault? I'm confused about this line of thinking. But anyway, Jackie doesn't say anything to this. She just like clears her throat and she's like, you know what? He's actually kind of weird. You know, you're not you like a guy like him and not online. That doesn't make sense, which is a really good point. He's way too hot to not be online. Right. Maybe they have like a codependent thing where she's like, you're worrying because she does say you're worrying about me. So you're not concentrating on your job because the mom does say, like, I'm too worried about you and I'm being distracted from work. So then she's like, well, don't worry about me. They just had that conversation. So maybe Becca's really in tune with like the mom being like the mom's stress levels. Well, yeah, Becca's young and has no fucking empathy. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did give her that shitty speech. Yeah, she's completely self-consumed. Like she is like Becca needs to read the four agreements. Yeah. (laughs) I think she will, though. Like this like Renaissance fair girl, like she definitely is going to read the four agreements soon. So, um. You know, she's like, my even my grandma is online. You don't go off the grid without a reason. You're either running from something or someone. Just feels like something is off. I don't know what. And Becca's like, you know, you're like acting like my mom. You know, you just, you know, Jackie's like, no, I'm not. I just want you to be careful. And Becca gets a text from Adam and tells Jackie that she should like, you know, tells Jackie she should go soon. So all of a sudden she's like, get out of here. Adam's coming over in a bit. This starts to honestly feel like the fight they have. They're a little too old almost for this fight. She's like, I need to get ready to see Adam, like get out of here. And Jackie's like, you're moving way too fast with him. We need to talk about things, you know, before you do anything with him. And all we know about him is that he cleans pools and looks hot without a shirt. So this is like she says looks good with or without his shirt. So she goes, (laughs) get out of here, Jackie. Two's a crowd. Three's for losers. And Jackie's like, way to treat your best friend. She's like, way to be supportive. I mean, this is like, honestly, this is, they are either too young or too old for this conversation. Yeah. Also, if Jackie was really your best friend, she would be like, Becca, you can never wear yellow. You can never wear yellow bathing suits. Right. right. (laughs) Or that doily cover up, you know? I know you're trying to look older, but. I feel bad because I feel like. I never tell people like, oh, you shouldn't wear that or whatever. That's not a good color. And I feel like that must make me a bad girlfriend. But genuinely, like, I don't think like that. Like, I think everyone looks good, honestly. <laughs> Kidding, but like, I really feel like somebody that's pale knows as a paley, as a blonde, like, you know, oh, you I can't, can't wear, wear a yellow. yellow bathing suit. You know what I mean? As I a, can't wear as, yellow. No, yeah. no pastels at all work for me. Um, but Like, I wish I had that because I love it when I meet like bitchy girls who are like, no, Molly, no. Like, I love that. Right. Like, I've had friends be like, no, we got to try better. 
And I'm like, see, <laughs> I wouldn't know to tell you that because I always think everyone looks great. Well, I I'll only do it when I when I'm asked. Otherwise, right. like everyone's got their own thing, unless it's like, oh, maybe you don't re- realize those stretch pants are see through. Then I'll say something like oh, in yeah. the light because you don't see it. Then I'll say something. But if someone asks, I'll give an honest opinion. Yeah, I don't want anyone seeing my private parts through my leggings accidentally. I would- also I can tell when like I have the ability to tell when something's like not my style, but theirs and graded on a curve like that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100% on that for sure. Everyone has to have their own. I think that's why I like, I kind of don't notice because I'm always like, everyone's just doing their own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, Adam gets to the house and they're having like a little, you know, flirty flirt in the backyard. But right as they start, and remember, our girl is grounded. And then Gail pulls up to the house and she's like, you know, she forgot her hard drive and she's like on the phone with someone being like, tell them that I'll, I'll be at the office soon. I just have to stop by my house for this other hard drive. And so she's basically just doing a quick pop in and she's going to call to Becca right when she walks in. Let's play 4015 to 4134. It's me. I grabbed the wrong drive. or something oh is it working it's over adam what's over all of it you stay away from becca you stay away from me and you stay away from this house you're fired you got that loud and clear good i want you out of our lives and never come back you take care of yourself gal what's that supposed to mean just don't let your emotions get the better of you that's when accidents happen That's when accidents can happen. Now, you guys, I promise you the quality of this podcast, maybe it has taken a nosedive in some ways, but when it comes to the clips, the audio really is just that fucking bad. Like (laughs) the audio in this clip is insane. It's like there you can literally I think you can see the boom mic. Oh, there's a there's a scene coming up where you literally see the the wire from the mom's mic hanging out of her shirt down by her pants, but also the sound is just like on camera sound. It's awful. And like, I do appreciate, like there are some shots where I appreciate the handheld, like we're trying, you know what I mean? Like they were trying to do something with this, but I feel like you got to get a clean take of the sound. I think they, I think they ran sound directly into the camera. Oh, for sure. And then the music over it is just a lot. There's like something yeah. wrong with the mixing, like because there's no there's no way to get levels off of whatever, however they're mic'd. So like they're just and there's no way to do ADR over a scene like this. It's so um, 
it's shot so specifically now okay beth this actress who play or no beth this actress who plays becca is literally so good at looking like a guilty ass teen who just got caught making out with someone like she yeah. was she killed it like she was so not natural like absolutely had a flushed face and these two were really going at it for a lifetime they were kind of like they were kind of porno making out a little bit right this is when the mom very intimate making out and she had like such like uh crazy energy even just walking up for getting the drive she had like such i feel like she has that energy at work and it makes everyone nervous. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh yeah, definitely. So Gail gets a FaceTime on her work phone from Victoria. So this is like when I started to feel like, (laughs) okay, for sure this movie was filmed in quarantine because like when you think about it, it does seem almost like they quarantined in that house together, like the main actors and like they just filmed this over a week or something, but she gets a face and like maybe the part where Gail acts with them in the office, maybe that was filmed like after another period of quarantining. Oh my gosh. That would make sense to get the big house then because they can house people there. Yeah. I like the idea of like one of the actors being so serious being like, this is a good thing because I can live in Becca's bedroom and really get into the character. <laughs> yeah, <is> exactly. <laughs> exactly. 100%. That's why she like was so Renaissance fair when her mom came in on her doing her makeup <laughs> because she's like, I've been practicing this for two weeks, babe. Like yeah. I know my blush combo. I like to go. A little, I think <laughs> Becca would do a little extra orange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, she gets this FaceTime on her work phone from her boss, Victoria, saying that she doesn't need to come in today. You know, and Gail's like, I don't get it. I'm, I'm, I have I prepared all this stuff for our meeting. And Victoria tells her to just send everything to Scott. This meeting doesn't concern her. So, you know, this is not good. This is the kind yeah. of way people talk to you at work. And you're like, this is not good. Also, toxic work environment, depending on how bad Gail is fucked up in the past. Like the way Victoria is treating her is very I harsh. think Victoria is just waiting for her to fuck up like where it'll be enough times that she can legally fire her. Exactly that energy. So because Victoria- she, she but also <laughs> stupid Gail like shuts her computer after like in frustration after she talks to Victoria and like stares out the window. It's like send the shit to Scott, Gail. Yeah, like, like I wouldn't, I would do that post haste. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you already had to drive home to get it. You were supposed to have it. Like, don't get on the phone and have like a bachelor moment staring off at the pool. Like, give that shit to Scott. So like Gail basically tells her like, you know, she tries to beg her for a moment. She's like, we had a family emergency. And Victoria's like, honey, everyone has priorities. I get it. We can discuss your position at the firm tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Rough. Victoria scares me. But, you know, Gail, she decides to take a little swim to unwind, as we <laughs> said. And um, when she's doing these laps, all of a sudden she smells something and she opens the cover to the filter and there's a dead rat floating in it. Great. Absolutely disgusting. It's so disgusting. Did, like, when did he even do this? Like, where did he find the dead rat? Also, when he earlier, when he said, I'm just doing my job, he said that like four times, <laughs> four times. I'm just doing my job. Just here to do my job. It's like, 
that's running out of steam, bro. Yeah, for sure. So I like at a certain point, you got to start pretending you forgot your sunglasses or something. Yeah. Well, he already did the bucket. He already like swung back for the buckets. Right. That's true. So she um, hired this new guy to come by and diagnose the situation with the pool. And when we come back up on it, it's completely drained. Uh, Let's play 4404 to 4520. You say you found the rat in the filter pump. Yeah, I did. Was the cover off? No. Odd. I don't know how a rat could have crawled up in there. Unless it was a contortionist. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <sighs> When's the last time you had this pool clean? Just recently, actually. <laughs> well, whoever did it didn't do a great job. <laughs> you know, I used to clean this one when it was owned by Mrs. Phillips. Obviously, before she had that accident. I heard she died in the bathtub. Yeah. That's seem odd too. She never hit me as the clumsy type. Of course, I was long gone by then. She had to hire another guy, a kid, to clean this pool. Although some speculated that he did more for her than just clean, if you get my drift. Really? If the rumors are true, I guess she liked the company of younger men. Hey now! What? What is it? Anyone you know lose a tooth? Okay. (laughs) I mean, this character is ridiculous. Carlton. Carlton's a star. This is the kind of pool man I would want. I love him. I feel the exact same way. Like, I would feel so safe with him around. Only thing is, he is a little too ready and willing to spill the tea. But that's why you want him. He's got the chlorine. He's got the hot gas. Like, no, I know other pools in the area. Like, he needs to. He, I mean, he's got it all. When he says that he was surprised Rhonda drowned in her bathtub because she didn't strike him as the clumsy type is <laughs> it's iconic. Like he's so that is so like he has some sort of like he's living in an alternate universe. Yeah. He's like well, Rhonda's him. not clumsy. Like what does that mean? Like she had great balance. Like what does that mean about her that she's not clumsy? It's so funny. So they find this molar in the pool. And it's so gross. I love um, that she takes it. Yeah, let's get a hazmat team out here, please. For real. Well, like, do you think this was like Rolf's house and that he just wrote this movie to get his pool clean during quarantine? (laughs) For sure. Because they fucking drained the pool, dude. (laughs) Like, I almost wonder, like, how these scenes were filmed. I mean, I guess there is like a clear line when it, you know, pre-draining and after draining. Wait, here's a question. Do you think do you think he really wasn't like the pool really wasn't clean or is Carlton being like shady or being catty? Oh, um, I mean, I'm sure there was imperfections. I feel like Adam like a tooth and a rat. <laughs> I feel like Adam is kind of conveniently a pool boy. Like, I don't know that he has like, he went to pool boy school where I feel like Carlton definitely like has some sort of degree. And then yeah, like, Adam really is a pool boy, but Carlton is a pool man. Yeah, he has like a certificate or some sort of like associates in pool management and cleaning. 
Yeah. The sanitation. Right. So, um, you know, Gail's not fucking around anymore. So we cut to the police station and Gail has parked in the detective's spot. And so when, like <laughs> the detective comes back, she's like, you know, parked out of her spot. And Gail's like, sorry, I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss you. I was told you were the one who worked on the Rhonda Phillips case, you know, and she's like, yeah, I'm familiar with the case. Now, this is like crazy. So like Gail right. is so privileged that she parks in what I think is like sort of like supposed to be L.A. area police station in the detective spot to like ask her these questions about a murder that like honestly like she probably would have to be behind a desk to even have this sort of conversation well this is a whole this is the biggest leap of all time basically so far all he's done is like you know had sex with her taking her daughter out on a date and then they found a tooth and then like she leaps to murder well, because one, Rhonda's not the clumsy type. So this sort of like makes her feel like, okay, yeah, it is kind of weird. She drowned in a bath. She was fucking Adam. So she's like, maybe this is how he escalates. Do you think, okay, this sign, for some reason in my mind, this sign existed and they're like, oh my God, I know where there's a parking sign. Let's name this character this. Cause they sort of like, you're parked in my spot. And then there's like a, per- a sign that says detective, whatever her name is. And and they point to it like they didn't get a proper for sale sign for the house, but it's like almost like, look, there's a sign that says my name. Yeah, it is kind of there is something weird to it. I don't know if that's what happened, but I do feel like they must have paid money for that sign. So they were like, we're going to really make this something we're going to like something Gail is good at, too, is she's like good at like saying things without it seeming weird like she's like I went inside but it was a little chaotic in there blah 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 and it doesn't seem over like over explain even though she has to over explain no it's just very it's very white privilege to like honestly to like do something that's technically probably illegal in the police like to take up a register like a designated police officer spot (laughs) in the lot (laughs) You know, that's kind of insane. Like, if you want to make sure you don't miss her, maybe just park near her spot. Yeah, this lot is tiny. She's like, so they say you found this woman in the tub, but why would her tooth be in the pool? And the detective's like, she's like, could you also look into this guy named Adam Lance? And he was the pool cleaner at the time of the death. And she's like, oh, yeah, we know Adam. We interviewed him, you know, for the death, but we didn't find anything. And Gail's like, you need to look harder. He's been hanging around the house and chasing after me and my daughter. And the detective's like, well, if you're like uncomfortable with that, maybe just you need to look into a restraining order. And Gail's like, I'm probably going to. I'm probably going to do that. So before Gail bothers to move her car from this like designated police parking, she tries (laughs) Becca's cell phone really quickly um, and she doesn't answer. So when um, Becca doesn't answer, she does. Gail does the classic uncool mom thing. She goes to Jackie's ice cream shop to basically (laughs) talk to Jackie off the record. It is turning a little bit into like an SVU where it's like like an off-brand SVU where she's like, I'm going to start investigating now. I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to start talking to people behind the scenes. You do get a little bit of that feeling and I like that feeling when you get it like even just the fumes. Okay, 4709 to 4837. Becca hasn't come home from school yet and I've been trying to call her but she's not... Picking up her cell phone. Do you know where she might be? 
I know we're not really speaking to each other right now. Really? Why? What happened? Have you had a difference of opinion on something? Did it have to do with Adam? That guy she's seen? You should really talk to Beck about that. I, I don't really feel comfortable talking. I think he might be dangerous. Obsessive. You know, he gave me the creeps too. Why'd you hire him? He just, he showed up at the house and he used to work for the woman who lived there before us. But didn't she die? Yeah, that's part of why I'm worried about Becca. Please just try to talk to her. Just convince her to stay away from Adam. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do my best. Thank you, I really appreciate it. Thank God. Becca, I just got done talking to your mom and she's really worried and so am I. I know you don't want to hear this right now, but we think Adam is really unhinged. You know that woman that died in your house? We think he had something to do with it. Don't trust him, Becca, please. Whatever you do. Okay? Becca. Becca! So someone did pick up Becca's phone, <laughs> but it wasn't Becca. It was Adam. Okay. They're right. at this like national park or something. And he uses Becca's phone to text Jackie to meet him at her house at 11 PM. So she thinks, oh, okay. Beck is texting me. She got the This message. is the part where the sound is so horrible. And when the mom walks away, you see the cord hanging out from her pants and you could hear all the sound outside. But also after, um, after Jackie hangs up, then he texts. She's standing in the exact like same area, but the the light when she receives the text is dark. So like she's totally differently lit. So my theory is that this text thing wasn't originally there, but something wasn't working. Because the other time they have like the conversation about the text, they're like clearly not supposed to be at that location. The crematorium cremology well i think that was like because they did that all in one shot i think between yeah. jackie and um i think this is so like this is the cream the crematology thing is where he likes to play rolf i've noticed because he did some <laughs> weird handheld shit in there earlier yeah. and then like i did notice that there's like a row of cereal toppings on the top of this like ice cream bar. So that does explain the cereal bar thing, but strange that Becca would go and just get ice cream there. Cause I feel yeah. like when you've got the cereal gimmick, your ice cream is probably not as good. Yeah. Or it's supposed to be toppings, but I just meant when Becca receives a text, she's all of a sudden dark. So I feel like they yeah. text some later. So I, yeah, I do heart. feel like that's a, I feel like that might've been a shot they grabbed after. Yeah. They're not supposed to be there because later when, um, when Becca discovers that, uh, about the text, Jackie's sitting outside the store with what's his name, Ronnie or whatever his, her coworker name oh, his uh, name, and, and it's Red. lit so horribly, and it's almost like they're stealing that shot because they didn't have the inside again. Oh, and that so was about right. the text too. 
You're so right. So Becca comes running over and, you know, she's like, I like this park a lot. It's great, but I hate that the bathrooms are so far away. So that's like (laughs) sort of explaining why he was able to get her phone and they snuggle up on the bench and kiss. And he jokes about what her mother would do if she was there. And she was like, gosh, I can't imagine what she would do to you. And he's like, I can. So he's like, all moms can be controlling, but it all comes from love and love is everything, even if it's misdirected to manipulate. And she's like, well, did anyone, you know, ever do that to you? And he's like, yeah, people protect what they love, no matter the consequences. It's instinctual. And Becca's like, well, it sounds like whatever happened to you really hurt, you know, really hurt. And he's like, well, I can handle it. And, you know, I can hurt right back if people get in the way. And then they drone shot this ending off onto like a cliff. And we see like a bottom of the forest thing covered in trees. He had some fun. I will say Rolf had some fun. Yeah. They got the drone that day. And then the day with the other backyard. Yeah. Rolf got loose. It's cool. He tried. So Gail gets home and calls for Becca, who's working at her computer. And when Gail gets upstairs, Becca's in her bed pretending to sleep. And Gail's like, listen, all right, we need to talk. I know you're not sleeping. This is immature. But Becca doesn't budge. So she's like, we'll talk later and leaves the room. I think Gail has really good mom sense because every time Becca tries to pull something like Gail knows it's bullshit. Yeah, she's also like a little too old for this. Like when you're 18 and you're pretending to sleep. Like, right. Get a life. Yeah. That's a little, that's a little like we're adults here. So Jackie shows up to the house for some reason. Jackie's allowed to like leave her house and just like show up to a friend's house at 11 PM. I feel like these girls like live two controlled lives to also have that be true. Well, Jackie has a car. She's probably 18 too. She's an independent lady. Yeah, Jackie's not as sheltered. And so there's this like printed out piece of paper that says, come around the back, don't wake mom. So Jackie goes to the backyard. It's cold and kind of dark out. She's shivering. And she like gets to the backyard and waits in front of the empty pool. And then all of a sudden, a dark figure comes up behind her and pushes her into the pool. (laughs) And of course, it's Adam who sort of like stares at her for a moment before running away. And, you know, Jackie starts screaming and Gail and Becca come running out of the house and they find her writhing in pain. She thinks her leg is broken and Jackie's saying someone pushed her, but she didn't see who it was. And Adam is like, you know, very pleased with himself as he like pulls the note off the front door and lets himself out the front gate. Right. He like casually strolls out. He's like not worried. He's gone into full like psycho mode because he's like not even trying not to get caught. He's just got like all this big confidence, like strolling out, grabbing the note, chuckling. But like, here's the thing with um, here's the thing with him that I, I like am, am so fascinated by. Like this actor is like fairly new. Like this is really his first big thing. Um, he. I think everyone else in this movie sort of like kind of suffers from direction a little bit like you you can tell that like they all did the best they could with what they had but like the characters didn't really gel and Adam gets to play this like you know sort of like he has this like American psycho side to him where he just can't help himself and like this actor does a good job of pulling that off later on without it being super cheesy which is really impressive he keeps it in bounds 
but because also like has fun with it. It's very broad. Like where we go with him as a character is very broad, but he plays it very well. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give him props because like he is acting a little like this is early. You're right. It's exactly it's like early into his sort of psychotic rage. So Gail's a jump creative and she's talking on the phone with the cops before she meets her boss. And everyone in the office is just kind of looking at her like they're all sort of giving her these looks of like mm. uh, 5314 <laughs> to 5426. Well, she didn't say she fell. She said she was pushed. And I suspect Adam Lance. I uh, know uh, I don't have any proof, but just see what you can do, please. I have to go. Good morning, Gail. Good morning. Mind if I walk with you to your office? Who's not? Good. I just wanted to see if you enjoyed your day off. Um, it was a bit hectic, to be honest. But like I said, I'm not going to let anything interfere with work again. That's good to hear. After all, work is work, and personal matters should stay personal and at home. Yeah, I completely agree. Great. So maybe you can explain this. Oh, my God. And someone named Adam has called about a dozen times this morning. Scott left the messages on your desk. If you can still locate your desk under all this clutter. We have a strict rule here. Keep your personal life personal and out of this office. I am so sorry. This guy is insane. He's unstable. I've already contacted the police. I'll call them again. I'll file a restraining order. I don't need this kind of trouble, Mrs. Foley. I have enough of my own. Fix this situation immediately or don't bother coming back to work. So what do you think's going on here? Do you think that maybe they've had it with her because maybe she was a little too um, dramatic at work when she was going through her divorce or a little too like. I mean, I think either she's like kind of like a contractor and like they can fire her at any time. And like she's been a pain in the ass lately anyway or she's like a full-time employee and they have like one instance of her already being like reprimanded on the records and they've been waiting for another thing. And like this, if she was a, a great employee, I don't think this would shake everyone so much. Right. But- I feel like maybe that they had already had enough of her previously. Cause the way she walked either that, or this is like the most toxic work environment. Cause the way she walks in and everyone's like rolling their eyes and they're all creeping around like, this is the most they do the most with the extras here. They're all creeping around, like looking in the door while she's being reprimanded. There's this one. We guy's all face know this just- day. We all know <laughs> this day at work where like the person whose time has been up for a hot minute. It's right. finally the day of reckoning. And like everyone's sort of tiptoeing around because they know so and so is getting fired or, or probably getting fired that day. It's definitely everyone comes out to see. Now, the artwork in the back is just insane. <laughs> like these faces, like I'm, I'm going to send you a screenshot. These no, I saw faces yeah. are out of control. I'm also it screenshotting is, this for myself. It is bonkers. I need to get eyes on like the whole painting because it's like five people's faces. But, but it's also like that's the way people are creeping around the building too. There's like five people staring at her at all time, which is like their whole extra budget. The art is like um, Haley Duff in it's all about Christmas Eve. Like it's really bad. Just like, Oh, we're supposed to believe the person who did this is some sort of professional artist. Like I'm supposed <laughs> to get on board with this. This is what you're asking I haven't me. seen that Haley Duff one. Oh, it's, it's great. I do own Christmas and handcuffs. 
Which, What's that? Um, oh, you haven't seen that? You had to have seen that one. I, I made my sister no. buy it one year and she's like, if we're fucking buying it, we have to watch it every year then. <laughs> because it's the one with Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez and she's an artist also. And she's like completely insane. It is the most bonkers movie. Okay, I need to see that. I tend to avoid Christmas movies because like they're so cheesy. This but- one's worth it. Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart did one called like uh, My Nutcracker Boyfriend or something. And like it was a story where like this, you know, this nutcracker came to her because she needed to learn how to fall in love with herself and Christmas again. It was Barry (laughs) Watson and Melissa Joan Hart. And she like fucks this nutcracker like it's nuts. Like she literally like fucks a nutcracker. I need to watch that one. Oh, yeah. Christmas in handcuffs. She um, she. uh kidnaps mario lopez yeah literal kidnapping i can give you my login because like i said i do own it um thank you (laughs) thank you Um, oh i came up with my tombstone the other day what is it okay my tombstone will say always shared her login never wore a fedora (laughs) oh my god you sound like the coolest (laughs) reddit mod that ever lived And then, like, I figured out the um, naming, um, the naming principle on uh, uh, tombstones is you have to say something like low key that you always did and something low key you never did oh, that you're proud of. It can't be one. like always flew first class. It has to be low key, but you're actually proud of. Okay. Okay. Like, I'm Everyone. very proud. I've never worn a fedora. Like, I feel like that's a point of pride for me. I'm going to have to think on mine, but guys at home, this is a great way to engage on social meds. Uh, tell us what you would have on your tombstone, given Jen's <laughs> parameters, that, that nice prompt. So this display that's out on her desk, like literally looks like if a guy who cleaned pools for a living, like they had a relationship like Kim and Kanye, like he's, it's all like Valentine's Day gift bags and like heart balloons and tulips but it's like a very grand gesture it definitely looks like there was a sale on valentine's day i mean tulips are a strong choice with a low budget but it does it's you know it does it has that kim and like you know whenever kanye does something extra this is like robert kardashian's hologram for a guy who cleans pools (laughs) (laughs) um so it's like valentine's day stuff and he's like he, she gets a text from Adam that says, you get my you get my gifts, my love. So Gail goes to Tony's house. She's going over to the ex's house now to get an opinion right. on this. And he's like, I can't believe you slept with the kid. And she's like, well, listen, you know, I don't I don't know. You've done the same thing. He's like, well, I don't really know what you want me to do. Like, and she's like, you need to talk to him. I tried getting a restraining order, but the officers told me that the declarations of love, you know, aren't considered an offense. And since then, he hasn't been within 500 feet of me. And Tony's like, listen, he's just a kid. But Gail mentions that he's dating Becca, possibly to get back at her. He's obsessed and even says that she reminds him of his mother, his dead mother. Becca doesn't know anything. She's not telling her anything yet. She's convinced that she's in love with him and that he's a disturbed individual that maybe that's maybe like hurt Jackie last night. Do you think because she doesn't reveal that he's dating she's he's dating Becca until like 
the guy the that tony her ex-husband doesn't get like worked up about it or concerned she only drops that info later do you think she felt she was kind of like oh i can't wait to tell tony i slept with this guy I think she is flexing a little bit. I do think that there's a little bit of a flex there for sure. Um, and Tony reacts appropriately. Like, I feel like Tony is is aware that that would be hypocritical of him. Right. Like, really. Because she didn't have it. to say that. She could have said he's obsessed with me. He sent me all this shit and he's trying to date Becca. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have opened with the Becca thing, knowing yeah. that that's most likely going to get him on board first. I like, feel like Gail feels good about uh, sticking this to Tony a little. And yeah, I'm happy for, for sure, it. for sure. And like, if I was Gail, I would also be excited that Tony is like doing a call to action, even if it's right. just for our kids, like he's following through on that. So he's like, all right, you know, is Becca oh, safe at Tony school? Tony knows like, how to take a beat too. He makes a meal out of fucking everything. Dude, he's it's like great. Fills time like a motherfucker and he stretches shit out. He's really, he's really doing it. Yeah. So like Gail confirms that right now Becca's safe at school, but she can't really do anything long-term to keep them apart. And if he feels rejected, he might like actually hurt Becca. So Tony's like, all right, what's the dude's address? And Gail's like, I called the flower shop where he sent the stuff and convinced them that I was going to return the favor. So I have his home address. Like, I don't know. I know things are different in like a Venmo world, but like, what do you mean you don't know where your pool guy lives? (laughs) Like, don't you have a sense of like where everyone you work, like who works for you, where they live? I thought her like explaining how she got the address was great. Uh, why, why would she know where he lives? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, it was on, it's on my invoice or whatever. Yeah. But he doesn't have, he's, he's under the radar, man. He doesn't even have uh, I don't think he's even invoiced her yet. Adam's going to have to grow up. You know, if he wants to have a real pool boy business, he's going to have to yeah. grow up. <laughs> So right. um, Tony comes up to Adam's place. This is a great scene. Uh, 5702 to 5944. Hello, Adam. Remember me? Mr. Foley? Gail Zax. Can I help you with something? We talk inside for a minute? Before we talk out here, are you hiding something in there? Just my clutter. So, is it true you're dating my daughter and sleeping with my wife? <laughs> I mean, how do I answer? What can I say? You got great taste in women, Rob. <laughs> Come on, Rob. <laughs> You stay away from Becca and Gail. Got it? No. No? You got a death wish, boy? Gail loves me. You had your chance and you blew it. Uh Uh-uh. Gail hates you, Adam. 
And she sent me over here to make that absolutely clear. I don't believe you. I don't. You're just so mad because I have what you once had. And you can't stand the fact that she loves me. You're just like the rest of her, man. You're a bad father and an even worse husband. And without you in the picture, Gail, Becca, and I, we're going to be happy. We're going to be really happy. You need some serious help, son. I am not your son! And you can hit me as much as you want, because you can't break me. So hit me, man. Hit me. Dude, hit me, dude. Hit me! Hit me, please. Hit me, dude. Hit me. Uh, you're all kinds of crazy. And I'm going to see to it you're locked up so you never get near my wife and daughter again. And that's a promise. We'll see, Tony. We will see. So Ralph had a little fun with this scene as well. Right. Tony and Gail are getting back together. They totally are going to get back together. Oh, for sure. If there was ever a a pool boy nightmare too, for sure, this is like, he's not going away right away. Dude, I, they, okay. So again, this actor who plays Adam is able Mm -hmm. to sell this really well. And also he's fucking stupid hot. (laughs) Like he's so hot in the sun. Like, the way that the sun hits his blue eyes and like his <laughs> big prominent canine teeth. Like I'm such a sucker for like hot canines. Like I'm so into that. And oddly enough, when I was a kid, I always thought like a, like a hot tooth for a guy to lose in like fifth grade was his canine tooth. Like I thought, Oh, that you really like, hot. you like them prominent and you like them missing. Yeah. I'm like big on canine. Whatever. Is the, just, with the missing, is it like, Ooh, is it going to come in bigger? No, it was, it's just like cute when they smile, like, um, in rookie of the year, he was missing that tooth. Oh, and then like a crush I had in fifth grade who I was like, he moved away. I was like devastated. Um, you were like, did that, did that tooth ever grow back? I'll never know. Yeah, no, this guy left in fifth grade. And I remember like, we've like finished this, like, there was like a -a walkathon at my school. And after the walkathon, like he rode off on his bike and he waved goodbye to me. And I was like, I cannot believe that that's the last time I'm going to see this man. Like, uh, maybe, I, to this don't day, say if never. he called, if he called me, to this day, if he called me, I don't even remember his name, but I would risk it all for him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this scene is really hot. Um, the reason why he wouldn't let him in is because he has his shrine in there. And as soon as he like clocks him and he's like, oh, Gail's ex-husband like you mean Becca's dad like he doesn't even try to hide here that he doesn't give a shit about Becca right I feel like it's time they let Becca know that Adams tried to hit it (sighs) or with with the mom yeah they need to let Becca know the mom should have ever told her even though she does I was like why would you fucking even tell her that like, he's clearly psychotic. She doesn't need all the details. 
Right. I guess that's true. But right. She's right away. She's not convinced. Like she shows up to her dad's house and she's like, what the hell, dad? You beat oh my the God. Shit out of Adam. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's well, like, come, on, come inside. She's like, no, I'm never talking to you again. She pulls up the picture that Adam sent her and he's so badly bruised that he was ashamed yeah. to see her in person. You can't tell from the um, audio on the clip, but he goes inside and he does like you know, what is that fear that Marky Mark and the funky punch against yeah. his own body, <laughs> you know, where he like right. beats himself up. I also feel like that would have been a perfect moment for him to like go to Becca's house and like be leaning against the doorway all hurt. But I feel like the, they didn't really have a makeup department. So you could pull off bruises on a phone screen, but not on video. Yeah. Like I almost felt like it was because it was so glaring. That I almost right. felt like they included the line about how apparently Tony also trashed his place because arguably that could be what we're hearing in there. But like, it sounds like he's punching his face in. And then when we see him like in 10 seconds, he's going to be completely clean. Yeah. yeah. So Tony's like, I only hit at him once. It was barely even a real punch. And Becca's like, I don't believe you. His arm is nearly broken. And he says that you also trashed his place. And he's like, listen, Becca, this guy is a sick dude. And his parents probably did something to him when he was a kid. Right. <laughs> Which I was this like, part that's such like a dude way of explaining what's going on there. Yeah. Like mental illness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, uh, this scene cracked me up because like Becca really shines in this scene for once. Like when she's yelling at her dad yeah. and then she walks off and she has like a child's bike. Dude, she gets on like a huffy with a basket. <laughs> like it's so bad. She's like, da, 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 and she gives like her best performance of a movie. And then they ever walk to a child's bike. And get on it. Well, like, like, the infantilization cool. of her is so odd because she does look like a 25 year old. So like, yeah. it's, like this girl like gets off onto her huffy bike and it's like, we get it. Like she's not allowed to wear a spicy neckline. She like has jewelry, like an old woman. She rides a huffy like her blush. It looks like a, a fucking preschooler did it like it's but it's rough. also has like this big basket. It's not even as cool as a huffy. Is right. Huffy's cool. I don't know. No, it's but. like it's just like it's like one of those girls bikes that you would get at like Toys R Us, except for an adult. <laughs> Like, I'm surprised there wasn't a strawberry shortcake bumper on the middle. Like, <laughs> she rides off and there's, like, cards in the spokes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so we pan to the street where Adam is sitting in his park truck, uh, his truck that's parked right just outside the driveway. Um, again, totally not. How could she up. not notice his truck? I know, right? Like, girl, he's right behind you. She's in a blind rage. Yeah. Or she needs glasses. I mean, her makeup may imply that. That would have been like a great ending if they were like, beep, beep. And like she comes out wearing her new glasses (laughs) (laughs) and they give her her new car. Like, thank God you got glasses. (laughs) So you passed your driver's test. It's just like ridiculous. So Gail calls Tony to reprimand him for the beating that he gave Adam. And Adam won't stop texting her now. And he's like, you know, 
uh, I didn't, he didn't, um, he's like, I didn't hit him that hard. He only like, I only hit him just once. And Gail's like, no, we have no way to prove that. Did Becky even say where she was going when she left? And he's like, I don't know, but call me as soon as she gets in. So Tony's staring out at the city that night when his little girlfriend, Cindy comes over again, no alcohol in this scene. Like you would think they would have like wine glasses or something. I wonder if Rolf is straight edge. Do you think Cindy is underage? <laughs> she might be. <laughs> that might be. It's nice that he's drinking responsibly or not <laughs> drinking responsibly around his underage girlfriend. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Okay. So this scene is too good not to play. And this is again, great horror. Come on, Tony. You've got to calm down and relax. I need to find my daughter. No, you don't. You need to give her some space. When I was 18 and my parents got on my case, if I didn't get some alone time, it would just make everything worse. I think y'all need to cool down. Let's get in the jacuzzi. I don't think that's gonna help. It always works for me. All right. I need my cell phone in case Gail calls back. I'll go get it. I'll be right back. Like it's too hot. It's like burning me. Tony, are you okay? They did a really good job with the horror element of this, like basically like bleaching Tony to death. And like they did a yeah. really good job of like him looking like he was covered in blood and gore. Like he looked like he was in physical pain, like the right. actor really sold it. It was a good horror moment. Yeah. And I thought that the way Tony punched, except like the sound effect was a little much, but the way he punched Adam was really good two before like all their violent scenes are really good yeah this is where Rolf shines um and Adam this is like so goofy it's like a little muppety like the way he like yeah. smiles and sneaks away holding the bottle of chemicals like I feel like yeah. I can see Kermit the frog doing this exact same thing yeah Gonzo in a trench coat like with the, with, <laughs> on, on, the, on the on the getaway double bike totally totally absolutely so but like the plot of this movie is that like um like uh what's his face tony is dating miss piggy oh, yeah is trying to win her back that's what this is so <laughs> at the emergency room his girlfriend's telling the cops what happened and then gail shows up and basically like cindy and gail have this nice moment where they're mm -hmm. like you know, like these two should be at odds, but there is no reason for them to be bitchy to each other. And I like that they're not like Gail doesn't see Tony as some prize. And like yeah. she doesn't look down on Cindy and Cindy's like, 
crying and she's like, he had a sedative and he's sleeping now. The doctor says he'll be okay in a couple of days. His skin and eyes are burned to some calcium chemical in the jacuzzi. She has no idea how it got there. And Gail's like, uh oh. So Becca- also, this is like definitely the creative agency. Same color, black baseboards. Like, oh, yeah, a, like a West, West Elm light as they do in hospitals. So this was probably filmed like during the same yeah, like, as time. A, as yeah. Creative agency. Yeah. So Becca cuts class in order to hang out with Adam at this like mansion that belongs to one of his clients. And she's like, this is like the Playboy Mansion or something. I feel like we're not supposed to be here. He's like, no, it's no problem. You know, I watch their dogs when they're out of town. Like, let's just take a dip, you know. And um, he wants to get like he wants to do a little skinny dip moment because neither of them have their suits. And Becca's like, I'm not comfortable with that. And she like crosses over a bridge onto like a gazebo on the other side of the pool. And um, he follows her over there and they start making out. And she's like, I don't want to do this here, like not in broad daylight. And he keeps begging her. Good true line. He's trying to get her naked in. She's like, it's broad daylight, bro. Yeah, for sure. And like, also, he definitely wants to fuck her in the pool. Yeah. Well, this is where I turned on when he said, well, or he says to her, I want to see what your mother created. (laughs) So, yeah, like right when he's like, come on, he's like, come on, I want to see what your mother created. So like, this is obviously the, like the most disgusting thing you can say to a person. And he's like, why would you say that? Why would you say it the way you said it? And he was like, you know, listen, like your mom gave birth to something and you shouldn't be ashamed of that. And she's like, I'm not ashamed. I just think that's a weird thing to say when you're making out, especially since my mom hates you. And he's like, don't say that. Gail's just confused. He's like, you know, she'll come around when she realizes what she's missing. And Becca's like, what are you trying to say? Do you have a thing for my mom? And he walks away and turns back around to say, we have something special, Becca. Gail and I. And so like, this is where I would start to like, honestly, this is where I would need therapy for life if I was Becca, because like, I I actually thought that I got this hot guy, but it turns out that he fucked my mom and is obsessed with her. Yeah. And then this is the part where she's, she takes to her phone rather than like just leaving right then. Cause he gets like creepy. Yeah. She's like, don't you get it? This is why I can't date younger girls. You don't understand intimacy and you can't handle a real relationship, but your mother could. In fact, she loved it. So Becca just like pushes him off and he falls back into the pool again. She loves pushing him into pools. So, you know, he can't stop laughing when he comes up for air and, and Becca realizes that he's just like completely unhinged and her dad was right. So Adam's like, you know what? Your dad is a loser and he got what he deserved. So Becca, like, it's all sort of like she doesn't know her dad's in the hospital yet. Right. But she's like, holy shit. Then she gets a notification on herself from Jackie. And Adam's like, yeah, Jackie's another one who has to deal with her own life and stop messing with other people's affairs. I know. But why didn't Becca walk away right then and like leave? No, I, I know, know she's not driving, but still, it's like, I don't want to be in the car with this creepoid. Again, this is why the creamology cereal bar is popular because it is somewhat walkable because eventually she does get out of this yard and go straight to the creamery. But um, right when she sees Jackie's text, she scrolls up a little bit and she sees the text that, quote, she sent the one that Adam sent from Becca's phone about coming over at 11 p.m. And she realizes, oh, shit, Adam set all of this up. I love that she never has tapped 
texted Jackie since Jackie's been hurt by falling in her pool. Literally, what been- the fuck? <laughs> like these two, like it's they have such a weird relationship for two 18 year olds. Like, like how's your foot I- feeling? What did the doctor say? Like, yeah, like what are you watching? Like, oh, the, <laughs> the new Kardashians was really good last night. Like, what do you think is going on with Chloe and Tristan? Like, that's <laughs> That's absolutely what I would be talking about. So Becca runs away and she gets far enough that he can't track her down on foot. So he hops in his truck and um, at the creamology place, uh, Greg is bringing Jackie some ice cream out front and Becca comes running up and asks her why she's back at work. And Jackie's like, I don't like sitting around the house. So I thought I'd pick up some shifts, even if my leg is broken. Plus, like, I got Greggy to wait on me hand and foot. And, like, Greg just smiles. Like, I think that if this was a longer movie or a better movie that these two would get together. Although mm-hmm. she kind of treats him like she's, like, uh, like she thinks, like, she has a pet gay man. Yeah, and but I don't think Greggy's worth it because when he brings out, like, some ice cream for uh, Becca, it's, like, only a half a cup. He only fills the cup halfway. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, he he knows he knows her flavor, but he's like a cup of ice cream. But I'm like, dude, fill that shit up. Yeah, Greggy. So she's like, you're right. Adam is weird. I should have listened. And Jackie's cool. You know, she's like, I was just looking out for you. You know. So um, Jackie looks out across the street and asks Becca if it's really over between the two of them because Adam is staring right at them. So Jackie like turns and calls the police. Um, and Becca, you know, basically bolts to go check on her mom. I like Becca. I mean, I like Jackie's spirit, though, of like still going to work, even though she's hurt. This, this oh, I one over with Jackie. She's like broken leg and she's like, I like it better here. It gives me something to do. And pl- you know, Jackie's social. Like yeah, she's going to be that old lady that like works at the grocery store because she wants to. Right. Exactly. Um, okay, so the good pool guy is over at the house with Gail, 109.55 to 111.27. Well, so ready for the new water. You sure you don't want me to start the hoses? It'll take maybe a day or two to fill. Uh, let's do it tomorrow. It's getting late. Okay, whatever you say. Great. Uh, oh, could you lock up the back gate when you leave? I think I can manage that. Thanks. You're the best. Why hide the rest when you can get the best? I always say. Hello? Mrs. Foley? Detective Davison here. Looks like we got a lucky break. We found a print at Mr. Foley's place. It was on the side of the jacuzzi. It belongs to Adam Lance. Okay. Okay, wait a second. So you, you had his fingerprints on file. That means that he must have a record. I did some digging. His old file was sealed, but I pulled a few strings. Why was it sealed? Because he was 14, still a minor when his father was found murdered. Are you saying that he killed his own father? They couldn't prove it. His mother provided an alibi for Adam, uh, but there was speculation that they planned the crime together. Adam and his mother were close, I mean, disturbingly so. Oh, my God. <gasps> 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 Sweetheart, all, all that matters is you're safe, okay? okay. All right, come on. Love you. So, like, 
back it up real quick. I want to, there's so much to talk about here, but can I say that like one thing you guys might not realize about the pool boy, the new guy that we know is that he's kind of like handsome. So it's like his whole bit is like kind of cute because like he's just he's also like really winning. Like he's like the pool boy version of like John Stamos kind of. Yeah, he's got really great salt and pepper. Um, Got a great smile. Very like charming. Yeah, I bet he has his truck wrapped with his pool board company. And it says that slogan that he says he's a pro. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, someone like Adam is just like he's seen people like that come and go his whole pool career. Yeah. You know, they're not really in it for the love of the game. So, (laughs) um, you know, this cop breaches so much security stuff. This is like absolutely out of line. This is truly like fuck the police level shit. Like not only is she getting into the the sealed files of minors, but she's calling up and, and doing a little kiki where she's like, yeah, a lot of people speculated he and his mom had an inappropriate relationship. Like, this is insane. Like, you don't just call someone up and give them all that. Like, right. But also, here's a question. And I literally don't know this as much as like, I know TV cop shit. Um, like, she, okay, so his file was sealed but he wasn't convicted so would they still have a file on him if there was no conviction and wouldn't they just there would be no file unless he was like a like convicted of something right well is this like some underground bullshit that they shouldn't have I mean, he's being investigated for like a murder. So I feel like they probably in relation to that murder, they probably have all these things on file. Okay. Okay. But, but, oh, for his dad. So she actually did some detective work because she did not do her due diligence the first time around. But at the same time, like, I, I don't think it's actually like, I don't know how legal it is for her to access a sealed file. Right. Um, I do wonder if like once the police have your prints, even if you're a minor, they're going to keep them in the system, though. I don't know if there's right. like a law where they're like, no, we're not going to like file your kids prints. Someone's going to write in and tell us. But yeah, either way, um, the good pool guy's closing the gate behind him and he's locking it. And Adam smashes his face into the lock. Honestly, a brutal way to go. His name's Carlton. We got to honor him while he's still alive. He goes, you're far from the best Carlton. And this is my <laughs> house. And so he drags his body into the backyard and the detective is on the phone still. And she asks Gail to ask Becca whether she knows like, you know, where's Adam right now? And she shakes her head and she goes, I don't know. I never want to see him again. Adam, of course, is sneaking into the back door at that very moment. And she says that she last saw him in his car and he was like staring at them like he wanted to kill them. And then she came home because she was afraid that he'd hurt her. And the detective heard all of that. Like, it's basically like Becca's mom is asking her these questions, not on speakerphone. Like, they're not on speakerphone. Like, Becca's just talking in the background and the cop is hearing this. Um, and so the detective, you know, heard all of that and tells them to check into a hotel for a while until they get him into custody. So once they hang up, Becca tells her, you know, he was a different person today. He didn't want her. He wanted you. It was like, he was in love with her. And, um, Gail basically is like, listen, he's not well, he needs help that we can't give him. And Becca says that he made it sound like she was sleeping with him and Gail doesn't say anything. 
And then Becca starts to get paranoid. She's like, that's not true. Is it? Is it? And I was like, we can talk about it later. Just go pack a bag, which I'm like, as a person who has anxiety, like that's the worst way to phrase something to me. Like I'm never going to pack that bag if it's on the other side of me and this information. Also, this is a file that Gail needed to keep sealed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like bugs me that she told her. I would have said anything. I would be like, I don't know why he said that. Go pack your bag. Like, like exactly. He's not well. And then, and then maybe I would say, when we were at the hotel, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to tell you honestly. I know earlier I said that, but I need to get you out of the house. I did sleep with this man. But why? But what's the point of telling her? I mean, th- no matter what his, it doesn't justify his like actions. No matter no, what. No, I agree. Psycho. She should be protected from this for sure. Yeah. I just don't think, th- I don't think Gail has it in her. This is why she's bad at her job. Yeah, Gail. Like she can do everything else. Maybe this is an analogy. Like she can do everything else. Like she can do the detective work. She can be diligent about it. But the one area she's not good at is like letting something like this out. She blends her personal life too much. Even here, she's like, sorry, Becca. <laughs> I yeah. fucked him. Um, so of course, like Adam is slinking around the dining room, just feet from them and they don't notice. And Becca's not going to pack a bag until she finds out. So Adam sneaks upstairs while Gail reluctantly admits that she did sleep with him once before they started dating. It was a mistake. It had been a long time for her, but he's not well. And um, all that matters is they need to pack and get out of there. So- <laughs> I love that too. It's like, oh, it's been a long time for mommy. So mommy needed to no, I know. Like, can you even imagine like your mom saying it's been a long time? You know, I just needed, to get, just needed to get my shit rock, dude. Like, I just needed to like get someone up inside of me and fucking kill it. You know, um, it's just disgusting. <laughs> I just think it's like the worst I need to tell Yeah, her. sometimes mommy needs to get her guts rearranged, dude. Okay, yeah. like, what do you want me to tell you? I was going to wait until you got to college and then you know turn this into a swinging house but what do you think all the rooms are for but dude that would make sense if she was gail was ready to like introduce her pod like if gail fully had like a poly lifestyle and was (laughs) ready like becca comes back for christmas and her room is turned into a sex dungeon it doesn't that seem like the house for it like with the yeah like because that pool is a real like pool sometimes a pool looks good sometimes it doesn't it's got like the shittiest water feature that like some you know poly couple might think is fun the only thing missing is a spa Rolf like knew to rent this place because he filmed a porn there like 100 (laughs) percent maybe that's why i know a location he's like i know a location don't worry about it lifetime um maybe that's why they drained the pool and then he wrote back backwards from that fact they're like well we got a drained pool now maybe i should write backwards (laughs) from this i actually have a script i could probably get this written off it was something i wrote last year pool boy nightmare let me uh, <laughs> let me call up the production company and see if they're in. So Gail calls uh, to Becca and asks her if she's almost ready. And she's like, almost as she zips up her bag. But when she looks up, she pauses because she sees his truck outside. Right. Also, the packing scene is in real time. Like, it's like a housewife scene. You know how you always watch them pack? Yeah. It's like, dude, they show them packing everything. They show them picking out outfits. They show Becca changing. She's like, select, like, 
you the know, way Gail Becca puts like- on this weird ass magenta turtleneck like this. Yeah. It's such a weird choice. I'm like, oh, why are you even changing, girl? Like you're yeah. going to a hotel, like throw the turtleneck in the suitcase and change when you're there. And then the mom's picking out stuff. They show them both picking out stuff. I don't know if it's supposed to be to like build tension, but it was like more of a like. Yeah, this is your go bag. Like you need a sweats, jeans, a T-shirt and some sort of underwear. And that's it. Go. Right. Um, So, yeah, 1530 to 
Yeah, he's dreamy. Oh, that sounds weird. Gross. No, it's not weird. Uh, it's not Adam weird. Yeah. <laughs> you can admire him. <laughs> um, one time, this was like years and years and years ago when they lived in Glendale. Um, he was having, that's the, Glendale is where he invented candle time, right? Oh, and so, hell yeah. A little Glendale candle so time. He was like in the living room and he used to do this thing where he'd rub his like jeans between like on his leg he'd rub his jeans between his um two fingers and then he'd like you know how you just kind of talk to yourself so he's having candle time and just sitting in like the living room rubbing like the jeans between his fingers and like mumbling and i'm like oh my god this looks psycho (laughs) i walked in i'm like this is some dark candle time shit Dennis I'm like you are mumbling to yourself like strangely <laughs> doing this surrounded by candles just sitting there staring forward candle time has <laughs> levels that you're uncomfortable yeah. with like who yeah. knew so she sits up and she calls out for Becca but Becca's not on the floor anymore so she hears this music coming from downstairs and follows it and we see there's a record spinning on a record player and she turns to the dining room just in time for her boyfriend to enter 117.38 to 120.21. Oh, my God. Perfect timing. Dinner's almost ready, my love. What is this? This is a first date. A proper first date. No distractions. Want to dance? Adam? I used to dance with my mother like this. Where's my daughter? Well, she's retired for the night. She, uh, she won't be walking us anymore. What do, you, what do you mean by that? What do you think I mean by that? You gotta forget about her. It's just me and you now. Don't you get it? The way it's meant to be. Like with Rhonda Phillips. Rhonda was a disappointment. Rhonda couldn't handle what we had. Rhonda wanted out of the relationship. So I let her out. Permanently. Just like with your father. Don't bring him up. You don't know a first thing about my father. He was a bad man. He was a bad man, and my mother felt the same way about him. She wanted me all to herself. He didn't understand what we had. Nobody understood what we had. So I had to get rid of everybody who stood in our way. And that's exactly what's going on with me and you, Gail. That's exactly what's going on with me and you, Gail. What are you doing? That's exactly what's going on with me, me and you, Gail. I have to get rid of everybody who stood in our way so we can be happy. (laughs) Becca's in your past now. Gail, look at me. Becca's in your past, and I'm your future. I'm the future. It's a past that doesn't exist anymore, and I'm your future. I am your future. Water, girl. What do you mean? This? Oh my God. Let her go. Let her go. Let her go. Let her go. She just can't wait. Without her, 
Every year I touch me, it's just us. It's just us. We can live a better life than new life. Can't we? Okay. I'm glad you played that scene because the first time I watched that and that music came on, it was like some like Sarah Brighton B-side. It was so upsetting. It was just like so didn't it didn't work or something. Yeah, it it's I will say that like it's a lot coupled with his performance, but I feel like they helped each other not feel so weird. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's just the music. Also, uh, what I just thought when you played that was maybe you mentioned a go pack. Maybe he has like a psycho go pack in the back of his truck with candles, flower petals and like, right, like a record player. Because I don't see Gail and uh, Becca having like a record player, like unpacked with this fucking no. weirdo. It's like the 14th track on a shitty musical or something. It's weird because like Becca and her mom moved into this house as if they had no possessions from the Mm -hmm. previous lifestyle they had. Like these people don't have cups, but for some reason their vinyl is out. Like, I just don't feel like that's high priority for, for Gail. I think it was in his psycho go pack because also he starts talking very old timey. Did you notice that? Yeah. It's very like this flavor of psycho, the way they do it is really, uh, I don't know. I I thought it was well-written. Yeah. And like even like when he starts to let out, he's like his quirks, which is like he sort of like hits his face and like, he's yeah, a little like he violent with off. himself. Yeah. He pulls it. He manages to pull it off, which is like all, it, it's very difficult to pull that off. It's not like Jack Nicholson level. Like, of course, it's a lifetime movie version of that. But it for as bad as that could be. And as I think we've seen sort of outbursts like that, this was well done. Well, like he swings back and forth between like Smiley and Psycho and he does a good job. But um, I think we'll see this guy. I think we'll see him in something, by the way. Oh, like, yeah. I think he's going to have a career. He needs to be into the, yeah, adopted into the Lifetime universe. Sorry. Um, I, Gail is like the fucking most dumb, dumb bitch in this scene. It's like, <laughs> she decides to dance with them. And I'm like, okay, smart Gail. Like, yeah, go with him and try to like win him over. So he won't be violent. And like, that's what she's thinking probably to dance with him. But then she keeps provoking him and being like, oh, like you did your mom. Oh, like you did your dad. You know what I mean? Like, why would yeah. she? Yeah. I think she honestly played this like close to like what an actual person trying to do this would do because like you want to keep it cool and also sort of like get information out of him. And I would even say like Adam does a good job of sort of like not calling out that she has no reason to know this unless she's been like closely investigating him. And but he- why should, would she provoke him? Like because she should be she's- like being like, oh yeah, well, why don't we pack and go to a hotel and like let Becca have the house for the night and we'll have our honeymoon or something like that. Why? Because I feel like obviously irritates him because I feel like um, like this is how close. Honestly, I don't think a real person would think like that. I think a real person would be so emotional about this that they would they would do that. Like as much as you'd like to think like, oh, I'll play this masterfully. I do think she did a good job of like, you know, once because giving her sort of this like instability and like carrying off this, like carrying out this like 
role of being totally cool with it. Um, yeah. Like they gave, the him, they gave him the opportunity to be so crazy in the face of it. Yeah. That it was almost worth it for me. Like he was so yeah. like in the face of this, this dude's just like, <laughs> he's like, well, don't worry about that. My dad had to go. Like he's like confessing yeah. to murder. <laughs> yeah. So outside the situation is this, like the reason why Gail like eventually knocks Adam out is because he has the dead guy, the Deadpool guy, uh, Carlton, he's dead in the shallow end. And then in the deep end, Becca's feet are bound and tied to some sort of like. So like the drain. Yeah, like the drain or something. And her hands and mouth are both bound and he's slowly filling the pool. And, you know, honestly, the, the thing is, is like this isn't. I feel like you would be able to stay alive for kind of a long time. Well, that's why they really showed their buns is because before Carlton said, do you want me to refill it? It will take one to two days. And then Dude. they show the hose on and it's just like barely dripping into the pool. Dude, like they totally showed their buns, dude. They showed their buns, dude. Absolutely. Rolf's buns were out on that. Yeah. Sun's <laughs> out, buns out, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, you know, Gail basically uses a pool skimmer to like beat him. And eventually he falls over into a column and Gail hops down into the pool to free Becca. But obviously Adam's not dead or anything yet. So by the time she like uses this knife from a jar of putty to cut the restraints, like they look back and Adam's not there anymore. Nowhere to be found until they look behind them and see that he's standing over the ledge of the jacuzzi. This reminded me of, um, didn't you post something on um, the Instagram that shows people how to break out of those yeah. like, uh, duct tape hands? Because she had duct tape hands like that. And I remember on the uh, Mother Mary yeah. podcast Instagram. There's like, all these girls. That. There's all of these girls on uh, TikTok who like are like, oh, here's how you break out of your restraints. And like <laughs> they're so fit and so like just used to it that they're like, oh, duh, easy. Like just cut out, you know, and like they, I did put it up there for a reason, because like I do think that if you wanted to practice and get good at something like this, um, you could. But. I don't know. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so they run inside the house and shut the door and they look for their phones, but he took them and they cut. Them oh, my gosh. Phone this conversation the they have. He's coming after them. He does like the sleeping with the enemy thing where he pops back like they look over and he's not there and he pops back up like a lifetime. The, they can't ever knock out a person in one fell swoop in like in a lifetime like movie. But um he runs at the door. They lock themselves in. And then they have like this whole fucking conversation about phones standing directly in front of the door. He's trying to break through. It's like, they're like working out. Should we change plans? I don't know. You know, like they like go off. They're like, where's your phone? I don't know. I think it's up. It's like run out the fucking doors, you nuts. So the Ugh. front door is locked with a bike lock. And then finally yeah. he breaks through the glass in the back door and they run upstairs to hide from him. They close themselves. Um, behind the doors of the master bedroom. Let's play 122.34 to 124.25. This is basically like the end, baby. Oh, come on. 
This isn't gonna hold him. <laughs> Gail, I'm done playing Keith. Ladies. We need some kind of weapon. Uh, uh, um. Oh, you're good. Gail! Gail! Don't turn on the bathtub and plug the drain. Why? Just do it. Okay. I'm so disappointed. Oh, 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 oh. Turns out, Gail, you weren't worthy of my love. It's a damn shame. Turns out, not you were. None of you. This is genius. So basically, this is like good mom. This is my mom would have called this one, right? Okay, I have questions about this. So she basically like locks them into her little like ensuite bathroom in her room and like has Becca like pour all this water on the floor with her. And then, you know, right when he gets to the glass of the door, when he's about to break in, she opens the door. Then Becca throws him into the water. So for the third time now, Becca's throwing this guy in water and then <laughs> she jumps up. She has her blow dryer like plugged into the wall above the bathtub and she holds it over him. And it's like total mommy time. Right. And he's realizing, like, if she drops this thing, I'll die. And if I try to grab it, I'll die. Right. It's great. Okay. Oh, well, first of all, them running, they keep running to a place where they're like fish hopping into a barrel. Like they're like, oh, let's go somewhere where we're more trapped. Let's go somewhere where we're more trapped. Right. It's annoying. Gail is one of those. Gail is frustrated. She's Gail is so well intentioned, but she just she's bad with decisions. This is classic. This is classic horror movie, though. Like, why do these bitches keep running up higher and more isolated? Like, yeah. when you should be we going. We should have known that when the woman that was killed at the beginning yells, you got to go out there. Yeah, you got to go down and wide. Like, if you're getting yeah. killed, you go down and you go wide. You don't go up and narrow. That's not what you do. Yeah. But here was here's a thought. Okay, so this guy's 25 in 2020. Do they, like, would he know about hair dryers? Like, is that, isn't that like a 90s thing? Do people still, like, talk about that? Hair dryers in the bathtub? Um, yeah, no, everyone knows that, I think. That's like toaster in the bathtub, like hair dryer oh, in the bathtub. Because I was I, like, I, I kind of, in my mind, well, I don't use a hair dryer, so maybe that's why I'm, I'm not reminded of it. But in my mind, that's like, an old school like thing you were so scared of when you were young, like toxic shock syndrome or something. No, or, I know. It is a little, like, I don't yeah. know, ET, but I know about 
toxic shock syndrome, you know. Well, electricity and water is never good. And he, as a pool boy, would know that he is a water oh, baby. True. But true, also, true, true, I was, true, true. you know, speaking of that, I was surprised he knew to cut the landline. Yeah, I'm surprised they had a landline. Right? They're so new in their house. I have a landline in my house. I know because, like, I had to have one for some reason. I have no idea where that shit is. <laughs> I will never find out where this landline is. I don't know where. I have no idea where it is in my house. Um, so he looks up at her in this, like, really sincere shock. And she tells Becca to go next door and call the cops. So the detective's there, and they tell Adam as they're bringing him out. You're not getting out of this one, son. And then Becca and Gail go back inside and shut the door behind them. And that's the end of the movie. (laughs) The cop car drives off. They, you know, they're bundled up in a blanket. They go back inside. There's only one cop car there to come get him. Nobody's dealing with the fact there's like a dead guy. Also, I think we know he's dead because his eyes were open, right? Well, I hope they held, I hope they held him in the, like, the cops held him in the bathroom while they got Carlton out first in the, in the hopes that they could save his life. Right. I feel like I, I saw that his eyes were open. You know, he just got bonked on the head. It was a really good bonk on the head for him too. He could it, be in like, a coma. Yeah. So, but I just pictured them waking up the next morning and the pool be like halfway full and Carlton just be kind of floating in there and then be like, oh shit, we forgot to tell him about this part. Um, yeah, no, I, I kind of loved the restraint of this ending. Like, yeah, this is like not bothering to follow up with like the, oh, she has a car now. Like things are fine. Becca's going off to college. Like I kind of like the audacity of ending a movie just this cold, because this is what I complain about a lot of the time where I'm like, God, why do we have to do like a, an extra 10 minutes on yeah. following up on this, following up on that? Like that movie could have been used better in like exposition or like you know, deciding who these characters were. And I thought that the time was well spent in this. I I do hate that we're not going to find out what happened to Carlton. This is like classic drop plot lines. This is very like would be classic on the scale. Bad music. The sound was really bad. The a lot of dropped plot lines, Um, you know, a lot of like sort of like awkward just dialogue that was like just very clunky and like you know, as as much as he could finesse it, it's no take that thing. Take that thing is my newest thing, dude. Have you seen the Wendy Williams movie? Uh-uh. So, like, Wendy Williams is getting fucked by her boyfriend, Eric B., in this Lifetime movie that she produced about her own life. Love and, it. like, the, the best dirty line ever in a Lifetime movie happens because he goes, he says, take that thing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? One time I noticed on, um, or that I just noticed on the lifetime movie, a lot of them, when they don't do their like big, op- like mirror Vista openings or whatever, or this one was asylum. Sometimes they'll just straight fucking, especially with the old ones, just like jump right into it. Oh, I it's like interesting. That they like throw you in the deep end, but I got to tell you, okay. So I watched half of appointment with the, for a killing and Everyone needs to get their peepers on the first scene in this movie because <laughs> it is insane. It's a sex scene that I, I, I mean, this movie's like 30 years old because it's like Marky Post and like Corbin Burnson and the other Swayze. But like this first scene is just a hardcore sex scene that is just like real upsetting. Oh, really? Yeah, it was strange. It's almost shot like like. 
I don't even know. Yeah, just check that out. I do like that, though. That was very, like, movie of the week, like, especially like, the old school ones. Like, they would want to catch you in the first two minutes because yeah. it was something that probably aired on NBC after a major television event. Right, right. After night, after night court, they're like, this isn't your normal Marky Post, you know? Um, but yeah, no, Jen, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me. I really appreciate it, babe. Um, no problem. Like anytime I can watch Lifetime movies, super into it. What did you think of it overall? I don't know. The second time I watched, I didn't just, I was so like, I was so into it the first 15 minutes. And then I was so pissed about the rest because of the sound and the, um, and the lighting and just like the lack of production. I'm going to let that go because of the COVID thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm hyper aware of that. I shouldn't probably bring it up so much, but um, yeah. Then I watched a couple others and I watched it a second time and I'm like, Oh man, this ain't, this ain't that bad. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's, it's not that bad. It's also like it was okay. So for like the pool boy thing in general, like, Ultimately, what I think about the whole idea of like hot pool boys, which is like Mm -hmm. corny. And again, like kind of I think a a nod to Rolf's porno background. Right. Like the idea of a pool boy was only like popularized because it was like a guy like that was like eye candy, like a tennis instructor that like a housewife could technically hire on her husband's budget, like a hot gardener, a hot pool boy. Whatever. Yeah, like it, it's it's a, like a porn premise where it's like somebody coming to your house, a pizza guy, a plum. Yeah, yeah. Or like in my favorite uh, Lifetime movie, uh, Menu for Murder, which we covered on this, written by <laughs> Dwayne Poole. Like all of those women, like buy coke from the pool boy. Like he's just like totally like a, a like a way to go live out your fantasy. And honestly, like basically, the there's female- an excuse for him to take off their shirt. Yeah, it's like it's like an employee you can sexually harass, like the way that like guys might hire like a hot nanny with bad intentions. Yeah, like it's very boomer. Like that's something that would never fly. I don't think that will ever fly again. Like a person you can hire that's basically you're going to like objectify them and treat them like a sex worker, but have them under the agreement that they're like a regular employee. Like there's no union for pool boys. Like, and they're and counting you can, on like, that. Be outside when they come over, and you're like, "Oh, I'm, I just happen to be in my bikini. Sorry." Right. Like, there's no HR for like a nanny. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you watched the new Errol Morris documentary. I yet. didn't. Oh my god, Molly, you're gonna it? love it. It's called My Psychedelic Love Story. Maybe I should put this out to everyone. You know how Errol loves a like fun lady. Yeah. You know, this woman is like, you know how Joyce, you know, from tabloid is like yeah. all pious and pretending not to know. This woman is like hi- hyper. In- this is like she's got the same energy, but is like hyper intelligent and like woman of the world times 100. She's like the exact opposite, but so the same as Joyce. It's so good. Can I just like put this out there and we can cut this if you don't want it out there. But I really think that like we should do our podcast idea that we had together. You had the brilliant name, Massive Docs. I think we (laughs) should just do it on Patreon and like start out maybe like just recapping docs on there. And then like, if we like the way it's going, then we can go wide with it. But okay. And I, we love documentaries. We're both documentary heads. We both like 
love to get into like the nitty gritty care. The character stuff in documentaries is very yeah. special to us. So yeah. Uh, thanks for the doc wreck. I know other people out there are going to appreciate it. I feel like I was like, oh, I got to ask Molly if she's seen this when I was watching it, because it's not as good as I don't think it's as good as tabloid. But this woman, like just some of her phrases and the way it's like, it's very like. It's she's like telling these stories and you don't know if they're real or not. And she's like very like zelligy. You know, it's so it's 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 a good one. Have you seen uh, the college admissions scandal doc yet? Yeah, mm-hmm. I figured I would probably watch that tonight because like we recorded early. So I would have some time to like just get down a, with it. Yeah, just be a bro, like fucking crack a beer open. I don't even drink beer. Crack a beer <laughs> open, put my feet up and just get down and dirty. Yeah, it's Sundog. It's documentary night on uh, HBO. They've been putting out episodes of documentaries like every Sunday. I think yeah. uh, I'm, they're doing the QAnon one right now. Oh, that's so me. Oh, my God. I need to watch, dude. Elanon. You guys also subscribe to Elanon. Um, <laughs> we'll be doing drops regularly. All right. Thanks, you guys. Have a good week. Make sure you check out all of Jen's links in the description. Check out our Patreon. Thank you for subscribing. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Tell a friend and have a good day. God bless. And Rolf. Oh, by the way, Rolf, I do love you. Like, I do respect <laughs> you as a peer. All right. Bye. We're little like angels in the streets full of grace, shimmer in the dark. Talmor, Sheshin Murahi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My gran says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my two wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. The one thing I constantly hear successful people say, without fail, is that they wish they'd spent more time with their kids. That's time no one can get back. So I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.